Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. Great show for you today. Very excited to welcome back Scotty Young to Word Balloon. Scotty is just kicking ass at Marvel. All the great stories that he has been providing, uh, the uh, giant-sized little Marvel funny event that he has been doing <laughs> alongside of Secret Wars. Rocket Raccoon, what a great run that continues to inspire and evolve. And now Scotty's got his brand new image book, I Hate Fairyland. And uh, it expands his uh, sense of humor and uh, violent sensibilities. Uh, despite its title, it is an adult book, but it's a lot of fun. And uh, can't wait to see everyone's faces when they check it out on Wednesday, the 14th, when I Hate Fairyland debuts. Uh, this is going to be a great book, and I'm very happy to uh, talk about it with Scotty on today's Word Balloon. In part two, more coverage from Cincy Comic Con, kind of an informal panel. It was uh, the sketch off. Between Ming Doyle, who you all know and love, uh, her co-writing Constantine, uh, but her excellent artwork as well on things like The Kitchen, which I just absolutely fawn over. Uh, Chris Burnham, who's been doing Nameless with Grant Morrison. Of course, uh, they go back to their Batman Incorporated days. And Mike Norton, uh, Battle Pug, uh, Revival at all. Uh, the three of them were facing off. Um, we just kind of talked while they were sketching for uh, the uh, people uh, live. And uh, so it's kind of informal. It uh, reminds me of a kind of an Ah Yeah podcast where we're really just hanging out and talking. Maybe I talk too much. Maybe not. I'll let you decide that. But um, it was uh, a lot of fun. And uh, I think it uh, wraps around quite nicely with Scotty Young uh, to give you a full word balloon presentation today. It's all brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. Tremendous deals are happening now at InStockTrades.com, where you'll get 50% off, sometimes more, from the standard retail price on your favorite trade paperbacks, hardcovers, absolute editions, omnibus editions, essentials. You name it, they are waiting for you at InStockTrades.com. Case in point, how about Dwayne McDuffie's excellent damage control. The trade paperback complete collection is 42% off just $20.29. You can get the Satellite Sam Omnibus from Matt Fraction and Howard Chaikin, 45% off, $24.74. You can also get things like the Batman Year One Deluxe Edition. The hardcover is 50% off, $14.99. You can get Marvel Masterworks Defenders Hardcover Volume 5, 50% off, $37.50. Jim Zub's Wayward Book 1 is available, 45% off. It's just $21.99. And uh, Sensation Comics featuring Wonder Woman. The digital comic is uh, now a trade paperback, 45% off, $8.24. Where? From InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. Check out all the great details, all waiting for you at InStockTrades.com. All right, long time coming. Scotty and I have been talking about this for a while now, and I uh, was so excited to see that uh, I Hate Fairyland is as good as promised. Uh, it had the cover of uh, previews a couple months ago uh, for this very month, and uh, just happy as hell for Scotty, as you can tell from uh, my conversation with him. But it's a great chance to catch up. We talk about variant covers, uh, his influences. Uh, as always, a long-ranging, uh, interesting conversation, and I always appreciate Scotty Young's point of view. So happy to welcome him back to Word Balloon. He's back, Scotty Young. Welcome back to Word Balloon, and uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you, and you're firing on all cylinders. I hate Fairyland. Uh, all the all the great stuff you're doing at Marvel, I am blown away, dude. Oh, thank you, man. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Absolutely, and it's it's great to see the market catch up with your sense of humor, and I really think you've like hit great timing 
uh, because and, and it likely was also an evolution of your work as well. But it just really seems like this is the right time for your kind of books, and uh, I, I'm really pleased because they're 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 just they're legitimately funny, and they're not you know they're they're safe for kids, but they're not talking down to kids either. And I and I think you're just on this legitimately all ages level of very funny shit. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I've been I've really been trying to hit kind of the spectrum of um, uh, age groups where you know like uh, the covers and giant size little Marvel. I really you know tried to make it safe for all parents to read with with any age of kid but still you know very much in the in the way of like uh y- you know the 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 cartoon network lineup that we see lately you know with like Clarence or Uncle Grandpa or, or Teen Titans Go or whatever which i mean you know Baxter and I will sit and watch Teen Titans Go and i i might laugh more than he does it is just that funny and so i really try to hit that note with those um and then Rocket, you know, I hit kind of, I'm trying to hit kind of a middle ground there where it's still safe for, you know, the majority of everybody to read. But, you know, uh, you know, the uh, adults that went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy are going to have some fun. And you can't have a, uh, a talking raccoon that carries guns as big as his if you don't get a little <laughs> rowdy, right? And then, um, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but like I Hate Fairyland is me on the other end of the spectrum, which it probably <laughs> looks the most kitty out of everything, but it's the most violent <laughs> It's kind of hardcore of of all the stuff. So, uh, really, it's really fun to um, to play play inside the entire spectrum of of age of age brackets, and and it kind of keep people guessing on like what's what, and and you know not try to settle too far into one thing or another. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely cool to see everybody so receptive to. Um, humor books you know like uh it's been a real kind of shift in the in the in the industry we've seen in the last year or two um it's it's awesome it's just it's a blast and you guys are all coming at it from different angles yet we all see the mad magazine influence in all of you i said this to jimmy palmiotti and amanda connor about harley harley quinn i haven't said it yet to zadarsky uh because we pretty much have focused on sex criminals right. but i think you know he's doing his thing in in his own book and howard the duck as well and um you know yeah giant size marvel for uh for secret wars and battle world is uh is great but i really think in in rocket raccoon and in uh, in fairyland there's that big little Annie Fanny kind of <laughs> – at least I, that's what I see, man, is that Will Elder, Kurtzman kind of just, you know, like those big moments where it is just a scene setter or whatever. And you just got so much business going on. And it happens in Fairyland. It really happens in Rocket Raccoon as well. Yeah, it's, it's – I mean that – I think that Mad Magazine thing is a really uh, perfect way of putting it. It's what's in my head most of the time. Um, and, I, I, you know, I, I think there's – uh, that that era of mad, you know, those late 70s, 80s and, you know, like I really think 80s Mad Magazine for me, I mean, that was obviously my, you know, my kid years, you know, of of okay. of, of of right there through the 80s. So you had, you know, you had uh, Jack Davis killing it. You had yes. uh, Don Martin killing it. You had Sergio in there killing it. And you know, so many, so many guys that were just uh, just in there every month teaching me what humor was right and i didn't even know that that's what they were doing but um it's one of those things that it kind of stuck with me longer than i thought because you know when i first broke into in, into comics i still you know i i thought that you were you know kind of supposed to do superhero stuff and muscles and things like that and so you, <laughs> so that kind of stuff like that mad magazine stuff kind of got 
put away, um, I guess, you know, not, not on purpose, but it's, it's really cool. Like once I started to feel more comfortable as an artist and, and feel more confident with pages and really started getting to that place where it's like, you know, I think, I think it's time for me to tell some stories and, and start writing. And, you know, I tried, I tried writing a, some more serious stuff when I did the Magnino mini series and, and mm-hmm. that was fun. It's a fun, fun exploration. But once, once it came down to like, what am I, what's, what's my voice? Like if I just write in my voice, it really starts to feel like, Oh yeah, you read a lot of mad magazine when you're a kid, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, you know, well, let's, we'll, we'll take them one by one. Okay. The giant size Marvel stuff mm-hmm. is absolutely pure humor and like you said, you're playing on two levels. You've got, you know, the kids that can appreciate it, but also, you know, you're telling a bunch of jokes that, that the adults that have been Marvel zombies for a couple of decades sure. are, are enjoying the ride as well. And it really seems like that was kind of an evolution of a lot of your uh, your cover work right. for Marvel, where you could tell a single joke and here's an opportunity to, you know, tell, tell a multi-issue, you know, kind of fun story. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, the covers really were me feeling like I got to play around in that um you know, growing up reading stuff like the far side, right? Like where it was okay. just like, uh, again, I mean, all my, all, all, all my things come from usually like comic strips or any of the comedy stuff that I grew up reading, uh, in, in the newspaper stuff. So, uh, far side was just something I got such a kick out of when I was younger. Cause it was just, it was jokes and most of the time probably above my head at that age, but like just jokes in one image. So, uh, I think that's a fun challenge. I don't, I don't succeed all the time, but I'm, I'm definitely trying. Um, and yeah, getting to expand that out, I was definitely nervous. Like, how am I going to make this, you know, work as a big story? And usually my answer to that is like, don't worry so much about the story. Just have fun. You know, like, uh, I think, you know, if, at first, you know, if I start thinking too plot heavy, it's like, well, that's not really what these, you know, I think that's not what people are tuning into these little, you know, bobbleheaded versions of their favorite characters for, I don't, you know, they're getting that through all the other books that, you know, the fantastic writers that are handling the big deep stuff, you know, uh, for the secret wars. I said, you know, for me, it was more about like, you know, literally sitting down with a piece of paper and listing out, you know, as many kind of funny takes on Marvel characters I could think of and then figuring out a way to, you know, make those bounce from, from each other <laughs> in a story, you know? So it's like, oh man, I got this idea of, you know, you know, the watcher's kid being put to bed and like, what, what like, and then, you know, the watcher standing in the doorway watching him, right? <laughs> and, he, and the kid's like, ah, oh, quit watching me, you creep. <laughs> you know, like, because <laughs> that's, it's funny, right? So that occurs to me. And I'm like, okay, yes. well, how can I get that? You know? And so, so it's really like, just kind of like, again, like a bunch of far side moments and then figuring out how to tie those into a story. And then I'm, of course, then you just take the cool, fun, tropey stuff that we all know as kids stories, right? Like we all grew up playing dodgeball and what that's like. And, you know, like we all had lemonade stands and right now we're really kind of in this cool foodie culture, right? Where uh, food trucks are really popular in most of our cities. And so it's just like, what's the, what's the modern day version of, you know, the peanuts, you know, there's always the, there was always the peanuts lemonade stand or the psychology stand that, that Lucy ran or, uh, you know, we all grew up with lemonade stands. So I, I was like, ah, oh, the modern day version of that would be, you know, like a food cart, you know, like a, like, so they, they would, they're going to battle food carts until inevitably Tony with all his money shows up with his insane robotic decked out mega truck, you know? Um, so yeah, it was really just moments like that. Me sitting around and, and you know, 
when I'm making that stuff, I feel I, I truly do think like, oh, oh this is going to be the one. They're just going to be like, all right, tell, pack this guy up. Like, you know, pack, pack this. Far. Yeah, too, this is okay. The silly stuff's over, but I think that's what that's what makes me enjoy it so much is really just leaning into it. And then I, you know, I turn the scripts in and pages in and stuff, and the editors laugh, and we all kind of laugh. And and I think I think at least from the feeling that I've got from the feedback from you know other other creators and the, and the readers and the retailers is it's been a really, it's, it was a really good insert into the wide uh, spread of secret wars, you know, where uh, Jonathan had such a massive story to tell and everybody else had really great tie-ins to that and, and, and takes on all these old cool uh, events and worlds that we've all loved over the history of Marvel, and everybody was really getting into that. And 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 I think it came along, and there was a few books here and there that were we were able to on that Wednesday when you had maybe five of the other one really heavy one, we we'd throw in you know giant size little Marvel number two and give you a little bit of a palate cleanser before you jumped onto the next one. You know, so I think it was a, I think it was a, I, I applaud Marvel for you know thinking like that and and letting me get in there and and play and have a little fun in that big huge scope of Secret Wars. You're absolutely right. I, I can't remember an event that has worked as well as Secret Wars. Original Sin had a lot of good tie-ins as well, but I really think Secret Wars, just the shift really allowed a lot of people to come out with a lot of interesting ideas. And yeah, there's absolutely room for just a good straight-up humor book that because we all we all know the classic battle, so this gave uh, not only Jonathan in in uh, Secret Wars, but all the Titans to really do something different, and and really go beyond you know just oh I've always wanted to see you know Hero X against uh, villain Y or Hero versus Hero. I mean it is totally God. Jerry's doing Duggan is doing a great western. Yeah. In in 1872 or whatever the uh, right number is, and uh, you know I I I love them all honestly. I, I there is not really. Of all the ones I'm reading, I, I like everything that I've been reading. I, I I can't read everything. Yeah. But I but I but really like even I didn't expect to like Runaways as much as I did. And you know I mean Noel Stevenson and Sanford Green are doing a tremendous job. Yeah, they're that. doing great. How great is Sanford, man? How, that, oh, he's a genius. Yeah, just, I can see uh, you guys. I just love that guy. I mean, I love that guy's art. I love that guy as a person. Sanford, yeah, Sanford's been Sanford's one of those guys I've known since like right around the time I was breaking in and. Yeah, I just I love that guy to death, man. He's fantastic. His work is great, and I, I'm glad that that uh, we're starting to see more and more just uh, of his work getting out there. It's, it's amazing. Well, that's the thing, and you know, he was stuck doing you know cartoon license books and stuff, and really emulating mm-hmm. an animation style rather than doing his own thing. And it's just great to see his natural style come out and everything, and varied. I mean, he's like Immerman. Yeah. In that, you know, Sanford doesn't have one style. I mean, you're seeing a bunch of different things. Yeah, so. yeah it was, no. it was cool for Secret Wars, I think, to, you know, again, to let a bunch of creators come in and um, really be free. I think that's the one thing that, I, that if you if you take away uh, something from Secret Wars, it's that this thing was so diverse in its content and yep. uh, just the styles and things like that. It's just it was awesome. I will I, I say like. You know, over the last couple years, uh, last two years or so since I've been going to the retreats, to be in there uh, while we, like Jonathan, you know, had the big master plan, but like after he got that hammered out, and then you know we had there was one retreat where we literally had, 
you know, the big spreadsheet and it started at the first day of the retreat, uh, you know, pretty blank. And by the end of that retreat, it had like, you know, a hundred titles, like where literally we just sat around a room and like made stuff up. It was awesome. Like this was, this was for secret wars when you were talking about the secret yeah, when we, yeah. When we were starting to build specific, yeah, when we were starting to build secret wars, it was just like everybody was just spitballing and it was so, I mean, not all those made it right. I mean, obviously, sure. but it was, it was one of those times where you're, you're in a room with some really smart people and, and funny people and deep thinkers and, you know, and, and, and everybody's just throwing things out. I mean, it was like, it was one of the most freeing things because, because it was, you really would throw anything out to see if it stuck and some things did, some things didn't. Um, and, uh, uh, Hubert was in there and he was all like, so you, you brought up Jerry's, uh, the book. I think it was, it's 1872. I think at one point it was another year, I think, but, okay. but when he first pitched that, uh, it was so cool. And, and, uh, Adam Kubert started drawing and was, uh, uh, and he started, uh, he started drawing. And by the end of that day, he had like everybody's ideas. Like he was like a courtroom sketch artist, right? Like he was just like, he had all these cool sketches of Jerry's idea and of Rick's ideas and all these cool ideas. So it, it really was so fun to be a part of, uh, that building process. And I really think, you know, like you said, like the different events have been, have been, um, you know, different kind of tones and everything, but this one ran the gamut because that's really how the room kind of built it. It was so cool to watch happen. Like, I mean, even like, you know, the other book that I, that came out just the one shot, Howard, the human, uh, I wrote that with, with, uh, for, with Jim off food to draw. And, And even that was funny because, uh, somebody, I think Tom threw that out. And it was on the <laughs> and it was on the list, and uh, Tom was like, "Eh," he's like, ah, "I just do that one. It's probably that's probably a non-starter." And I was like, "I would write that." And he was like, "Oh," he he, he, he literally U-turned and was like, "Oh, now I'm super interested." And boom, it's on the board again. So it's like, oh, that's great. yeah. So it was literally that's the kind of thing it was. It was like, oh, the right person has the you know has that right moment. And it's just, uh, it was super fun. So I think, I think for me, I'm, I'm, I, it's cool to see kind of the fruits of all that out there. And it's cool to hear, um, you know, I listen to a lot of comic podcasts and book club style podcasts where it's really interesting to see who is latching on to what five books. And this person likes these 10 books and people have been, you know, and, and they go with this one or go with that one. So it's, it was, it's been really cool to see this massive machine of secret wars that Jonathan kind of cooked up, uh, and let everybody run with, see what's happened with it all. It's really great. At the retreats, how many artists, uh, since the, on the ones that you've been on, how many other artists are in the room? Um, so far, I mean, it was just me for a while, for a while. And then, um, uh, yeah, just Kubert came. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was it. And, and were you drawing as well, the way Kubert was in terms of like, just kind of sketching out ideas? I usually draw, I will doodle, but not very often. I mean, there was a couple times where I would throw up something. Like if somebody was talking about a costume design or something, I would maybe doodle something. But, but most of the time, um, I'm just kind of busy doodling. You know what I mean? Like I'm listening sure. and, and talking ideas and stuff like that. And most of the time, the drawings that I do are usually like, you know, a drawing of Jason Aaron and his insane beard or uh, <laughs> hum- Humphreys and his Afro R.I.P. R.I.P. I know. R.I.P. Ben just told me last time. I couldn't believe yeah, it. R.I.P. Like, R.I.P. Sam's Afro. 
Um, yeah, so usually it's just me doodling uh, everybody else. In fact, I think the last time I actually started having people get mad at me that I hadn't drawn them yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's usually that because That's for me, I, I spend so much time at home drawing that, uh, you know, being at the retreats is it's super fun for me to to jump into and put a different hat on and, um, you know, just kind of pay attention to everybody's ideas and, and get in there and mix it up. And, you know, again, usually, usually my contributions are, you know, like, Oh, we'll take that and then make this guy do something really ludicrous and funny. And then everybody kind of, okay, move on. You know, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, so far, I think, I think a couple of other artists have, have, uh, they reached out to here and there, but really it just depends on the time of year and, and when people are available. And I mean, it's, to be fair, it is harder for, um, you know, it's just harder for uh, us artists to get away sometimes with work, sure. you know, um, it's a lot, it's there. a lot harder for us to go back to the hotel room that night and draw is, is, you know, like most of the writers, you know, a lot of the writers will end up leaving the retreat that day and then going back to the hotel and drawing or writing. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a lot harder for everybody else to do that on the art side. Do you have pending uh, all new Marvel projects that haven't been announced yet? Uh, no, not at this time. Um, okay. Right now, I'm just doing. I'm writing Rocket Raccoon. That's right. Uh, and you're starting over with the new number one. Soon, yep. Right? Yep. We got that, and Felipe Andrade is uh, is drawing that. Who he did a couple issues on my uh, last run. Uh, yeah, the second half. Yeah, yeah. He, he's just amazing. Just amazing. Like cool. He was he. Oh yeah. He, him. It's it's. I, I'm super lucky because when I knew that I was going to leave, when I knew I wasn't going to do the whole run, um, Jake Parker and Felipe were the two people I said, I was like, well, if people are going to take over, you know, my buddy, Jake, you know, I've known him for ages. He's one of my best friends. He's amazing. I think he'll kill it. Uh, if you guys are cool with it, he had only, you know, he had done very little things for Marvel, uh, you know, in the, that previous year, just a few things. And then, um, and then I was like, if we can, if he's not busy, I think Felipe would kill it, you know? Um, and and I was right. Both of them just smashed it. So Jake Jake is a is a great storyteller and writer in his own right, and and, and has you know a multi book deal publishing deal with uh, you know major publisher or book not major but book publishers in New York. So he has children's books coming out. He's done graphic novels through Scholastic, all writing and drawing on his own. So um, okay. in some ways, yeah, you mentioned that last yeah, time. Yes, go in, on. Some ways, you know, Jake's kind of slumming it working with me as a writer. <laughs> he's a he's a great storyteller in his own right. So um, he's off doing that, and then Felipe uh, was was uh, was cool enough to say that he'd jump back on with with art, you know, for for the long term as far as the, the our run on Rocket. So he's going to be on there for a little while, but uh, he's he's just awesome, man. I, I can't get enough of him. That's excellent, and I'm glad that you, you know, and obviously in the case of Parker, I mean, that's a guy that you've known, so, you know, uh, he, you know, he had a, a slightly different style, but it absolutely complemented your style, and it wasn't that big of a departure, <laughs> and Felipe's a little bit more, but again, it all seems to, you know, remain consistent. I'm sure that, you know, uh, is it Giuseppe that's doing the color? No, it'll be uh, Jean-Francois below. He's been... Pardon me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the same color. He's been my colorist yes. for 10 years now. And, uh, you know, he colored all my rocket stuff and then Jake's. And then, um, lucky enough, he, oddly enough, and he actually colored Felipe when Felipe did Figment. Um, oh, wow. Was it Figment or... Isn't it called Figment? I, I thought that, figment, that sounded familiar. Figment or House of... I think it's figment. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, it was House. It was Vertigo and everything. No, no, no. It was it was the Marvel stuff. It's the Disney project at Marvel. I'm I'm pretty sure it was Figment. Figment. I I, I think so too. Um, Go on. He colored Felipe on that, and they worked together really well. And then, cool. so it was it was kind of like a nice situation when when Felipe came on because they already have a you know they were working relationship, and and I pretty much. You know, uh, it's it's kind of a, you know, a known thing and a given that if if I'm on a project, you know, if I'm drawing it, Jean is definitely there. It's not even a conversation that is had, but um, you know, and I hit up Jean and said, hey, you know, even if I'm not on art, I'll still if you want the the, the jobs, I'll still put you up for them. If you know, at that point, it's usually the artist needs to. But so luckily those two were on it. So I think Jean helped, you know, blend, you know, the coloring, you know, what really helped to go through. But um, I think Felipe is just such a good, his style. The reason I wanted him was he has such a different take on shape and, and form. And yep. I know that it's, I know at times when, you know, when, when tackling superhero stuff, um, similar to how I've <laughs> the response I've had throughout most of my career, and I think anybody who has a stylized view of things, um, yes. you know, people can really, really, absolutely love it, or pe- people can kind of be like, "And eh, that's not my thing." Uh, sure. And for me, I thought that is perfect for a book like Rocket because I think that the people who might be like, uh, "I don't like when my humans look overly stylized," well, the great thing about Rocket is everything's over stylized because it's all aliens and it's all animals yep. and it's tree people and it's spaceships. And it's, so it's like, I, I was like, man, this is the book. This is Felipe stage, man. We're like, there's like, there's no way that you're going to see anything that he draws here and think that it looks anything, but exactly perfect. You know? Um, no, I think your guys combination is, and it's, you're already entrenched. You're there. It's funny that heavy metal is really getting a kick in the pants. And I think in a very positive way, right. Because and I and I always said this too about uh, Jason Aaron and uh, Isad uh, Ribic uh, on their Thor that it has that great sci-fi fantasy feel to it and stuff and I do think that uh, the vibe you have on that really works in Rocket and it just elevates it more from just being funny animal sci-fi stuff to that like it is it's shit that I remember like it reminds me of like good creepy and eerie and like good Warren stuff from the 70s and good heavy metal stuff from the 70s. oh thanks man yeah I mean it, it's yeah I guess for me it's it's I in some ways I'm lucky that I um that I come from a little bit more of those places and the mad magazine places and the heavy metal places rather than you know, I, you know, sometimes it, it hurts me that I don't, I'm not super entrenched in, uh, comic book history, right? Like, you know, you've yeah. known me for a long time. I'm not necessarily a historian on anything, anything kind of classic superhero stuff like that. So, but in a case like rocket, I think that that has helped me because I'm able to go out and take and, and kind of go from all these other places that I'm influenced by and kind of in, insert it in to this and kind of, you know, and I think that's, I think, you know, I think that's what we saw in the Guardians of the Galaxy, the movie, right? Like was like, a di- like we, we went to see a quote unquote comic book movie, but it didn't necessarily feel like that once we were there. Absolutely. Um, oh no. We saw a lot of other influences. You saw a lot of kind of, you know, Mobius feel in there. You know, you just saw a bunch of big wide range of different stuff. So, yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm trying to definitely, that's what I was trying to do with art. And it's definitely, I mean, you know, now that I'm just writing is even more fun because, um, especially with Felipe, his, his, his grasp of scope and pulling that camera back and just getting these big shots. is really cool for me because he can do things visually that, you know, uh, 
maybe I don't write for myself because I'm not that good at that. <laughs> so it actually is it's fun for me to be able to push a little further on on some visual stuff that um that I wouldn't do for myself in those cases. So it's 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 really it's 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 a blast so far. I guess it is an evolution because honestly I do if I look at your first you know, pure arc when you were when you were writing and drawing and stuff. I, I felt like you were still, you know, hitting, uh, you know, a lot of those, uh, a lot, a lot of big moments, and 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 maybe it wasn't as interplanetary as as uh, Felipe has gone. But I I do think that, like I said, I mean, that's where I saw those kind of wide Mad Magazine angles. But also, I like your influences because you come more from because it's more unconventional, and you weren't a superhero zombie from day one. You really did kind of pick and choose, and 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 react, and really reacted more purely for, to the art. I think you know, and I and I think it's interesting to see what things stick with you because I think each successive generation, the generation that's younger than you, I, I'm I'm fascinated to see what nuggets of comic book history stick with them. Not everything is going to. I mean, that's a th- you know, a guy like me or or Vince on Eleven O'clock Comics as older readers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. We grew up and and loved what might be considered Drek if you really took a serious look at it from an artistic standpoint because these were workhorse guys that that were cranking pages and stuff. So they didn't have a chance to really shine. But, you know, they got the job done and they were, you know, effective storytellers in that. But then occasionally you would get these guys that, you know, the Al Williamsons and the Kurtzmans and and guys like that that were just a little bit bigger in scope and and the way they were thinking. And it's interesting to see, like I said, what nuggets stick with you guys younger than us. yeah it's really it's cool right i mean like i think it, it's so it, i feel the same way when i'm when i'm looking at guys coming up and where you know influences are based on generations i mean like even like somebody like me who started off in mad magazines years and years before i knew what superhero comics were you know i didn't know jack davis had a comic book lineage because i just knew jack <laughs> Davis as a mad yeah yeah, I just knew I just knew mad magazine Jack Davis it wasn't until I was like a goddamn adult before I realized like oh he was like a big deal in comic (laughs) books right like I just knew him as like the mad magazine guy and all the movie posters right like um so so that's that to me was like that's Jack Davis and I mean now I have the Jack Davis you know the the big artist edition that IDW put out and it's you know it's so cool and I've I went and bought you know all the digital copies of all the EC collections just to be able sure. to sit and look at his stuff and it's it's fantastic it's awesome and so I'm kind of I almost go backwards but you know it's 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 really cool for me to see in that way to see people growing up in an era where you see a young artist who grew up looking at, you know, Mike Mignola in the same way that most people grew up looking at, you know, a Kirby or a John Byrne or, you know, like even a Jim Lee or whoever, right? Like, so those, those were the names back then. So of course, but now I'm seeing like younger kind of newer guys and maybe not even sometimes younger, but just people who that was their first person. Like that was, you know, Mike was, was, was their first anchor. So you're seeing like newer versions of the seeds that he planted, you know, like, and, and it's amazing, you know, like I think I like first, first person that comes to mind is, you know, Andrew McLean, right? Like he, now he's not, he's not a kid or anything. He's, I think he's 30, 31, something like that, but he's, right. you know, he's probably seven years younger than me. So okay. you could tell like around the time, you know, Hellboy would be launching. He'd be right in that sweet spot 
of like that being his anchor. And so you're seeing this, you're seeing a style that developed f- from the seeds of Mike Mignola instead of a John Byrne or, uh, you, you know, neither are bad, but it's so cool to see these new voices, you know, spring up from all these new books that I think, you know, the, the nineties and into the two thousands kind of gave us outside of just superheroes and even in superheroes, man. I mean, the, the diverse kind of styles that we've seen over the the, the years. I mean, I think right now, stylistically through, through I, I think we see there's such a wide range and we're we seem to be accepting it all that i'm so excited because i remember you know again the first you know i've been doing this 15 years now and those first you know that first half to a little maybe that first 75 percent of my career maybe it was tough because you just heard like that you heard that term too cartoony like daily right like and, yes. and it wasn't just applied to people like me. It was applied to almost anybody that didn't draw like Brian Hitch, right? Like, um, sure. if you, you know, if you didn't draw widescreen, perfect kind of movie type panels, it really felt like there really wasn't a place for you. Um, it, no, you're right. You know, Dale Eaglesham. I mean, these are all great yeah. artists, but they are very r- realistic or very hero, you know, centric, and you worried about muscles and things like that. Whereas, and they do it, like you said, yeah, they do it great. I mean, it, they kill. They and, and but you know, that there would be conversations where somebody would tell me, like, you know, hey, you're probably going to need to maybe get a little bit more realistic. I'm like, look. They do it that way because they're awesome at it. Like I like listen, if I could if I had the abilities of Stuart Eminent to kind of like come and go into different styles, believe me, I'd do it. Cause I sure. obviously my path would be a lot easier, but I'm just not that talented. Like I just like <laughs> I am limited. I am limited here. But your style has evolved oh, for sure. because I, mean, I- because I'll even be honest, Scotty, I wasn't crazy about your style 15 years ago either. Oh, shit, I'm not, even, I'm not crazy about my know, style 15 years ago. Oh, for real? I mean, honestly, is it kind of like, oh, Jesus Christ, what was oh, I doing? Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, it was really like then? that when I was there. Like, okay, like I would say those big – Like Human Torch? Like Human Torch Oh, brutal. Like yeah, I, it's, I, it's very tough for me to look at that stuff. Yeah. It, and if you really went back and looked at – if you went back and looked at my Human Torch run – like and really just looked at it you would see like so there was i don't know seven ten issues or something like that if you looked at those 10 issues you would absolutely flip at how vastly different they shift from issue to issue like because i was so lost like i was so young and i i completely didn't know what i was doing uh but I somehow got a job at Marvel, you know, and I'm just trying and I'm just like, I'm figuring it out. And it was an interesting, it was such an interesting time because manga was huge, right? So the beginning of the two thousands manga was huge and there was a big, like Tokyo pop was massive. Viz was starting. (laughs) The bookstores had huge manga sections. You bet. That's where all the, that's where all the, you know, young teen girls uh, suddenly decided, Hey, we, yeah, it was really big deal. And that was, these were the Jemish years. A lot of people probably today don't remember the Jemish years, but you know, those were the Jemish years and they, Marvel really was trying to figure out how to get in that market. Right. Like, yeah. And rightfully so. I mean, it's a new, it's a new there now. I don't necessarily know if everybody knew exactly why or how or what the, what that market was, but 
basically back then that that meant you know anybody who had you know slight a different sl- younger slightly you know edgier not edgier but cartoony style and because i mean i never even was that i never really was that influenced by manga but people would call me manga because i i didn't look like normal superhero stuff but was your stuff coming from a graffiti there definitely of, was uh, a lot of hip-hop you know music kind of skateboarding yeah. i mean right. i grew up i was a yeah. skate you know i was a skater so there's a lot of music skate influence in my world just on a day-to-day basis so that made its way into my art because that's that's the kind of stuff i drew before i i did comic books i just did little figures and you know tags and crazy you know so yeah but so uh yeah the human torch stuff was just me i mean i mean it was just me trying to figure it out i mean there was there was nights man i'm not kidding you just i would just cry like just be like i don't i don't know how to do this you know (laughs) It was just so tough because, I mean, you're learning. I was learning everything, and I think, and I'm not just. I don't think this is unique to me. I think this is just when you, if you have not really felt what it's like to make a monthly comic book, right? It's a Herculean task to draw a monthly comic book. Like, it's hundreds of drawings, right? Like in panels, sure, and it has to be well. And then you put it out, and then everybody in the world is going to look at it and tell you exactly what they think about it. And so when you're 23 and 24 and 25 years old, um, you're a pretty fragile person anyway, right? Cause you're just learning how to be an adult period. You're learning how to be alive I in understand. an adult world. So on top of that, you're seeing people online being like, I wish Marvel would fire this guy. And I'm like, I just want to pay my rent and draw pictures, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's, it's, it's a tough thing to wrap your head around. Also, you want to be like, I didn't disagree with things people were saying. Right. Cause you're like, I want to be better too. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's kind of what you always want to say, but I've really always tried to live by the way, like whatever I put on paper is what I put on paper. It doesn't matter if, was somebody in my family sick or did I get sick or did I, was I too late? Like I've tried not to say you guys, I put this issue out, but deal with how it looks because of this. Like it is what it is and that's how it came out and I'll try to be better next time, but I will try my best not to give excuses or whatever. But so I, I never really combated it with like, you guys, I want to be better too. <laughs> you know? Um, but you just do what you can. I mean, you don't get lost in that. And over the years, it's gotten a lot easier to kind of deal with. But I mean, now imagine like, so for me, the difference between then and now for me is, you know, in human torch, which was, you know, the course of whatever eight issues or so. And, and to, to me, those eight issues, like every, sometimes I would change the way that I drew Johnny storm in the middle of an issue. Like just because I was so like, Oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? And so the, the fact that eight issues of human torch looks so different from one another, sometimes he was really tall. Sometimes all of a sudden I'm drawing a little bit more rounded. Sometimes I'm drawing right angles on everything. I mean, it just didn't make any sense. And then, then you jump forward, you know, whatever, six or seven years to Oz where I go and draw, you know, thousand, you know, 1500 pages of Oz. And, and that's about as consistent as I'll probably ever be right. Like from page one to page 1500 or 1200, however many I ended up doing over six years. Like I found it, like I found a groove. Now I don't know if it's, I mean, I still got better over that course and I'm still getting better now, but you just get older. You can't help, but start to learn and figure it out and find out who you, who you are and, 
you know, what my voice is and what, what, what I'm good at drawing. I think the, the best thing for me ever was just deciding or figuring or finally saying, it's okay for me to say, I'm probably not good at this. Like, or I'm not good at this job. Like there has been books that have come across for me that I'm like, I mean, one was, uh, you know, Brian was really kind to me on his show a couple episodes ago when he was on and said some really, really nice things. I thought it was fantastic. And, you know, Brian, uh, somebody had brought up when we were finishing Oz, I, th- I think Joe or, or Dan or somebody said, you know, maybe you could, maybe you could do a run with Brian on guardians. Uh, um, and I was like, I mean, cause at the time he had McNiven and Pacelli, sure. you know, and I thought like, no way, <laughs> like those, two, like no <laughs> way, man, like McNiven and Pacelli, those like, that's a hard, that's a tough act to follow. Like those two are awesome. Like, and I'm not saying I'm not, that's not me. Uh, I'm not, I'm not talking down about myself at all. That's saying like what they do is so, so specific to the awesome thing that they do that it, it, I didn't feel, it just was like, ah, I don't feel, I feel like I would be trying to, to reach their thing. And I've, the good thing about me now is I understand when I know when to not go that direction. Now that would have been great, right? I mean, Gar- Brian's a, Brian's an awesome writer and Garth is selling great. And it's great. So sure. on, on all decision fronts, I'd be a dummy to say no to something like, and to be fair, I, this was something just floated around. It wasn't like an official offer. It was just in a conversation. Right. And he, it was pre-movie too. Oh right? yeah. It was, it was way like- pre-movie. Even Rocket. Yeah, Even yeah, pitching yeah. Rocket was pre-movie. I mean, well, movie was obviously being made, but there was nothing. Right, right. There was not stuff. Like when I said I'd do Rocket Raccoon, it wasn't me going, I'll do Rocket Raccoon because the movie's coming out and it'll be a great timing. Because sure. when right. I pitched Rocket, it was still at a time where the whole internet was wondering why in the hell Marvel Studios was making Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Absolutely, I man. Absolutely. I said that I wanted to do when they said maybe, maybe guardians of the galaxy, you know, maybe a run on guardians of the galaxy. I was like, well, I kind of, a, I definitely want to start writing and drawing my own stuff. But, um, but instead of guardians of the galaxy, why don't I just, maybe, maybe I'll just do one of the comedy characters that we have like Deadpool or, uh, you know, cause at the time we were doing like, and they still do like Deadpool spinoffs, right. Or like minis or whatever. Sure. So it's like, maybe yeah. like a little mini Deadpool or, um, you know, maybe rocket rocket raccoon and Groot or something, you know? Cause, uh, like that I feel super comfortable with like a talking raccoon. Like that's my, that's, that's me. Right. Um, so, but at the time and they were like, Oh cool. And so it instantly, and again, because there was no Brian's Brian's guardians had just kicked off. It was doing really well. But if you remember, it was still like the star Lord that looked kind of a little bit more like Iron Man. Right. Like um, it wasn't what, what the movie became. So it was, we were still kind of all in that space, a different space of what. Uh, sure. Well, it- and, and coming off to all of the uh, uh, now I'm blanking uh, Abnett and Lanning's uh, all all of their you know get, uh, Marvel Cosmic and everything that they sure. did that Andy Schmidt and Bill Roseman right. were you know editing and stuff. No, I I can appreciate that, but that's that's what makes it interesting. You know, it's great though, dude. You're like uh, I think issue nine of Rocket, and uh, I know Parker was drawing that one, but it's it was great to see that your guy's style could tell a very traditional Marvel story. And and put bracket in the in the center of it and stuff the virtual reality story. And oh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, that was great. I mean, thanks, honestly, because yeah, because it, it you know it was still you and it was still what you were you guys were doing with Rocket, but it was Rocket in the Marvel like really in on Earth yeah. 
kind of doing a six one six thing, and and it was great. And it, both the two of them, that grew too, uh, you know. But uh, no, it was real. Like you know, just seeing Tony and Cap and everybody, it's like, oh, this is good. This is very, this is very traditional. And that I think, surrounded by all the humor stuff. Marvel has just taken more chances with artistic styles and you got trad more on, on ghost rider yeah. and you know, some of these other great, like off the, off the typical classic hero style has been happening all over Marvel and stuff that I, I do think that the audience has kind of just gradually, I think accepted these different art styles. But like I said, you could do both in that one particular issue of rocket. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, it was funny because with rocket, after my arc, after that first arc, you know, I kind of did the four issue arc and, um, I tried to do the, you know, the longer stretch out thing. And after that, I just kind of, I told son, I was like, you know, I, I was like, that was cool, but I think I really just want to do, can I just do some ones and twos? You know, like, I feel like this is a kind of book where if I, I, you know, again, there's a lot of people that really do great, uh, you know, six issue arcs and they, they weave that and, and I enjoy that as well. But I was like, I think this kind of book, especially since we have a guardians of the galaxy book and it, and Brian tells such cool tales there that this might be, you know, a good Avenue for us just to kick ones and twos out, you know, one shots and a little two, two issue arcs. Absolutely. And, and she was like, God, oh, yeah, go for it. You know? And so that was, what was really cool because, you know, uh, it was, it was nice to be able to sit there one night and be like, what, am I inspired by today? Like, cause sometimes when you come up with a story arc, you know, this is so far in advance. Like, you know, it's like, you're thinking about issue four and you're not even going to, you're not going to do that for like five months, you know, or six months. And so what I was inspired by six months ago might not necessarily will be what I'm inspired by, you know, six months later. And so it was really cool to be like, Oh my God, I got a script coming up and what am I going to, what is, Oh my God, what's this issue going to be about? And then it's like, I'm sitting in my studio room and I see video game controllers sitting around and then like there's video game controllers sitting around and then like Pacific rims on. And I'm like <laughs> video game Pacific rim. Like, so I'm like Grootzilla. Yeah. Grootzilla. So yeah. Then you just come up with this whole, you know, it's like that inspired me right then. And uh, so there's something super exciting about that kind of comic book making, you know what I mean? Where it's like the idea hit me today. I wrote it in the next couple days and in four days, uh, Jake's going to start drawing it, you know, like that's awesome. Like that's a really fun, cool way to, for me to like start exploring writing and getting better at writing and exploring creativity. And, you know, and also for me personally, just leaving, you know, leaving some of the preciousness behind, I think maybe even the last time you and I talked, we might've talked about some of the writing stuff or me getting ready to do creator own stuff or something. I can't remember, but yes. I think we talked about some of that preciousness stuff, right? Like, uh, about how I kind of would let that stuff kind of get me and, and, and rocket that year writing rocket, especially after that first arc where I started doing those more, just like write it. Like when the scripts do, you know, that week come up with it. Um, when that started happening, I mean, even when son would ask me for solicitations, I was kind of like, uh, just tell them that rocket does some crazy shit (laughs) (laughs) or whatever. Um, so yeah, but there was something about like the exercise of that was like, what's my idea today? What's the idea today? Or like, do you get on the phone with Jake and be like, Jake, like I'm going to make you tell this, this story is really going to hinge on you because nobody's going to say anything, but I am Groot. 
for 20 pages, right? So there's no words in this except I am Groot. You're, it's going to be on you. And and so things – That was a question oh, too. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Go Thank on. you. So, yeah, I mean the, the things like that are what helped me um, leave some of that fear behind and let go of like – Oh, this this comic book, this 20 pages is so precious to me that I shall not write it, you know, like where I just go and, and that's my own stuff, you know, where you just get to where sometimes I, I treat because I, I was such a, you know, I just saw myself as an artist for so long that I had to go through almost like this run and gun style of, of writing to let myself be like, oh yeah, I don't, I'm not a writer or an artist or whatever. I'm just a comic book maker and whatever that means today, it means today and we'll see what happens. And I, I think it really is, I mean, literally is what finally got me off the bench to write and draw a hate fairyland was just running through rocket and realizing like, oh, that wasn't that scary. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Well, what and I believe me, I want to get sure, to sure. I Hate Fairland before we leave Rocket because what I really like too is you can really take him and Groot anywhere, and that it's it didn't occur to me, and I don't know why it took me so long because obviously the dynamic is there. I you know everyone's like oh you know Star Lord is like a Han Solo. It's like yeah. no Rocket and Groot are Han oh, and Chewie. Yeah, man. And I'm like, I'm a, such an idiot, but it really was your run that I'm like, oh, of course they're Han and Chewie. That's that's great. And the cool thing is. Because, like, you can take Rocket anywhere. It could be a smuggling story. It could be, you know, the 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 self, you know, the the quest to find himself in his past that you you put him on for the first uh, few mm-hmm. issues and everything. And then, you know, these one shots, and it, you really can do anything with him. And just the two of them are just dicking around space, and it's you know, classic space cowboy shit. Yeah. that you know, it's easy, but it's. The, the cool thing is it's a it's a free animal and it's the talking dream. Yeah, man. It's, so- it's all the great duos, right? It's 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 yeah. Han and Chewie, it's Calvin and Hobbes, it's it's like Lone Ranger and Tom. Yeah, it's it's literally <laughs> like all the buddy it's the buddies the buddy movies that we've uh, and stories that we've all grown up uh taking in. Uh, yeah. These two characters are that, right? And 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 they look super awesome. And space, I mean Yes. Space is so cool because you can tell all the stories. Like if I want to tell – if we want to tell a Western, we tell a Western. Like you know, if we want to tell a video game story with uh, Godzilla-like yeah. Groot, we do that. If we want to tell – you know the MMA story, your first story. <laughs> yeah, like it's, I was like, this is yeah. great. I mean, I right? Know. We have that. We've got like you know biker like mechanic guys on another planet, and like Jailbreak. yeah, there's like every kind of, and that's and really coming coming going into this new run. That's really going to be the focus is like tapping in to all those you know kind of. Uh, tropes and stories and things that we all like and, and taking these characters through them, you know, and, and telling, uh, I mean, like my ultimate goal, I told my editor today, I was like, I will not rest until I tell some sort of Friday night lights esque story with rocket and Groot. That's my goal. <laughs> like there will be some sort of coach Taylor, like character in, in my, because I lit again, this comes down to what I was talking about, which is like, Right, like I want to make comics. Uh, my goal to make is making comics about like what's inspiring me right now. And so, like 
as I'm writing stuff and I'm, and I'm and I'm putting together plans, I'm literally watching a re like my third rewatch of Friday Night Lights, right? Like on Netflix or whatever. So I'm just watching it and I'm like, I'm knee deep in Coach Taylor, man. Like he's just he's he's pumping those kids up and he's yelling at them and he's got the Oakley glasses on and he's wearing the shorts and the coat and I'm just like. I think I, I think I'm gonna have to figure out a way to do some sort of like how funny is that right like you know some sort of space ball you know what I mean like some sure, sort of like man. you know uh, so it's those kind of things that get me super excited and and want to try to figure out ways to to that's where that kind of one and two shot kind of stories make is a lot of fun for me like the uh, the first the first couple issues of this new arc with Felipe they're gonna it might be two I'm looking at maybe two or three. It's the very first story. Uh, we'll see what happens with two. One one is going right now, and we'll see where two in, in lands me. But it's really fun and funny, and I think people are going to get a kick out of where Rocket starts off. Um, and and, and uh, yeah, I don't want to say anything else because it's it's it's, it's a nice okay. surprise. But it it's definitely coming from that same place of like trying to stay inspired by. You know, that's the other thing I got, you know, I got a, a six year old, you know, I mean, well, he'll be Baxter's going to be, he's going to be six in November and man, the stuff that these kids live day to day, you know what I mean? Like whatever is going sure. on that day, like that's their whole universe is that one that today. And so the stuff that they, that he does running around the room or the stuff that he'll say, and you're just like, Oh God, that's too good not to use, or this energy is too good not to use, or this bizarre, weird, you know, like the other day I I tweeted this, but he just goes, we're sitting at the dinner table. We were done with dinner and he had a, he had a pencil and a stack of paper and he runs over to the table. He scribbles on the piece of paper and goes, we're giving this to Massachusetts. He throws the pencil down, <laughs> grabs a skeleton key. Wait, I have a lock and key key from uh, from one of the companies that makes the toys. And so it's uh-huh. just like really like ornate and he thinks it's just a skeleton key. So he, he writes, he just scribbles. He goes, we'll be giving this to Massachusetts. He throws it down, grabs the skeleton key and just bolts out of the room. Like, he's like <laughs> what? Like he's off on an adventure, right? And he's so, there's these like weird moments like that that I'm like, I got to put that in a comic. Like I got to, <laughs> that's too funny. Like that's, that's the start of a story. Like Absolutely. I need to write a story where rocket literally you page one, you know, he writes something down, looks at Groot says, we got to give this to Massachusetts. You know, <laughs> like, and, and all of a sudden the ship blasts off into, or then Groot lifts up a skeleton key and it's like, I am Groot. And you know, they shoot off the space. <laughs> um, it's, it's those kind of things that I, that I, you know, I hope that I can tap into and just kind of roll. Cause I think if there's ever a book, you know, at, at Marvel that I can do things like that on, or any of us can do things on it. It's a book like this, you know, it's like, sure. I, I have the benefit of, you know, somebody like Brian, you know, just killing it on the main guardians title. And when you, when you have that, you feel safe, you feel safe to be sure. able to go and do crazy stuff like this because you can't mess it up because Brian's killing it. And I can always just say like, Oh, well, rock and Groot were in some sort of war pole. So don't worry about it. You know, like, it's a sure, space book. Sure. So yeah, it's uh, I'm having a blast. It's, it's a really fun thing. I feel, you know, I'm learning a lot. I work with some uh, great artists and editors and stuff like that. So it's, it's a blast. That's fantastic, man. No. And I'm glad that you're uh, going to be able to do both because I really do think that the rocket fans will read. I hate fairyland and, 
feel very comfortable because I really think uh, that and the Oz stuff obviously set the table for what you're doing. Now, I mean, it, you see the progression. It, it, it seems self-evident. If there if there was a plan that was a sidetrack, yeah, tell, tell yeah, us. Yeah, no, not really. It really is. I mean, what it's funny because um, before I pitched Rocket, um, I started to come up with the idea for I Hate Fairyland. Uh, while I was working on Oz, um, I the, the idea for I Hate Fairyland started to pop in, which is funny because it sounds like I have like something against Oz. But I really don't like well, it. <laughs> yeah, it almost seems like maybe midway through that six-year run, it's like, all right, I've committed to this, but Jesus, I can't get out of this. <laughs> it does feel like – it does seem like that. But, I mean, I truly absolutely loved uh, – I truly loved working on the Oz books, and not one day was I, was I tired of it. It was more the characters that made me come up – the character – well, there's twofold. While working on Oz – you know, I obviously am reading these novels and and, tr- and Eric's uh, translating them into comics, and I'm drawing them. So I'm I'm running. Th- Eric yeah, Shannon, yep. your your Oz co uh, collaborator yep. and and then the Oz of Yep, yep, Oz historian. Uh, <laughs> yes, and and at the same time, I had my son. You know, we we had Baxter, uh, our first son, and um, so over the course of these six years. Uh, I became a father and becoming a father means you start reading a lot of kids books, you know, picture books with these kind of characters in them. So it seems as if I was kind of lashing out at my job, but I was more lashing out at these characters now that were surrounding my life, which are these coyingly sweet, annoying, riddling, you know, characters that when you first read them they're super sweet like i worship dr seuss right i i love sure. that man's books i think they're great i think they're amazing i think they helped my son learn how to read um but there is nothing more annoying than reading cat in the hat for the 50th time like <laughs> because all you want to do is tell these kids don't let that cat in the house like don't you know it's like at some point you want these kids like the every like if this guy or or Alice in Wonderland, right? If you read Alice in Wonderland and it's just like she's asking that caterpillar a question and he's just talking in riddles and and you're like, Oh, just give me the fucking answer. You know what I mean? Like as an adult. Because and so as I'm like I'm uh, during the day I'm drawing Oz characters and so I love the act of drawing them, but I keep asking myself, at what point with it, with Dorothy being here, would she not be annoyed with all these people? Like, you know, with like the the queens and the, and her companions, which seem to be kind of whiny and confusing. And they, you know what I mean? This is a lot of interesting things. And I'm like, the the question kept occurring to me, like, man, would she be annoyed? Like, at what point would she not be annoyed? And it doesn't seem like she's here a lot. And so I just started kind of kicking the idea around of like a character who, um, who would be super annoyed with this place if she couldn't ever leave. And, and she's also kind of bad at it, you know, like, cause every time you read one of the books where a kid is whisked away to a magical world, they're always pretty good at it. You know, they're like, a, there's some, they're like a chosen one, right? Like Harry Potter is always yes. good and everybody's really good at it and they make it through pretty quickly. And I thought like, well, what if they got to the world and the girl's kind of like, well, this isn't cool. You, you people are freaky looking. 
Like, why is this candy person talking? Like, and why did I break my arm when I felt like, why did you suck me in my, my bedroom floor? And I broke all my face on your, like, why didn't you just invite me through stairway or something? You know, it's like, cause Alice in Wonderland, right? Like she falls down a hole. Like, why didn't you guys let me come to your world in like a safe way? Uh, or whatever. So it's like, like all these kind of questions that have always popped in my head about some of these things. And you start exploring that. So that was, that all started to kind of cook before rocket was ever a thing. Um, and then near the end of the Oz run, we're, we're probably on the second to last arc or the second to last book. And, um, you know, start talking with Marvel about, you know, what I would do next to, if, if we decided to go ahead and wrap it up. And that's when I was like, well, I don't know. I want to write and draw some comedy and rocket came to mind. Uh, and, and because that book had just launched or whatever. And, and so it just so happened that, you know, rocket and the, and the attitude of rocket. Cause I also kind of liked Deadpool. Right. And I, cause I loved, mm-hmm. I liked Deadpool, which to me uh, is, I grew up loving Lobo because I loved Giffen and 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 uh, Bisley on Lobo, and I loved Giffen's okay. Lobo when he did Infanticide or whatever, and and so I loved that wacky kind of Looney Tunes stuff. And so sure. to me, as a Mar- you know, working at Marvel, Deadpool is close to that, right? So it's like, okay, sure. maybe I'll do a thing with Deadpool, and that would be the closest thing that I'll ever get to really doing Lobo, because now DC turned Lobo into something different. <laughs> so, so like so i'll never maybe get to do that lobo that i always want to do but deadpool's kind of like lobo so maybe deadpool but they kind of you know deadpool had a lot of things going and rocket was kind of open the open the air so i was like okay well i'll do my lobo with, with rocket um and and really funny that's really what i was thinking about with i hate fairyland it was like what if i took tank girl and lobo and like if i took tank Right, and put them into and put them into Alice, like you know, like a like an Alice analog, like. And, but they stayed the age of like Tank Girl and, and Lobo. So, and, well, that's yeah, that's the thing, man. It it is middle aged uh, sensibilities of Gertrude's that it's just like All yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah so that was really what I was thinking of, and so it just so happened that Rocket. Then that was my next project. As I, and again, you, I had this idea, but for whatever reason, I was treating it way too precious. Right, it was like. I would just keep reworking it and reworking it and, and thinking of overthinking it and whatever. And then I got, once I got on rocket and started writing and drawing that really lowered the curtain on the mystery of this writing thing. Meaning like it wasn't as scary as I, I built it up to be, you know, I hear um, you. Yeah. you realize that there's all kinds of comics. Uh, I guess there was a little bit of that fear that people would be like, Oh, cause you do hear this sometimes, right? You hear, like, I didn't know what to expect from him. He's an artist <laughs> or she, or I didn't sure. know what to expect from no. her. She painted that one book before, but you're like, yeah, but Jill Thompson's awesome. Like she, she's, she can write, she could do that. You know, it's like these, these kind of weird preconceptions that we have that, you know, we've divided everything into compartments and nobody can go outside it. You know, it's like, well, the, we, we laymen sometimes forget that you guys are storytellers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and truly, I mean, and, and also, there was that period where th- there was great art happening, but storytelling really went to Oh, shit. for sure. And listen, we forget and it so, ourselves. You know, that's the that's the other thing. Is that's that was my problem was I was not even allowing myself to see myself as like anything more than just a person who drew somebody else's words and 
But I was like, sure. I've always, um, you know, I love, like, I, I read a lot and I love coming up with ideas and, you know, I'm, I'm constantly writing kind of on the side just for fun. Um, and so why, you know, and, but you just built it. I built it up too big to think like, well, if I write, I must write, you know, and it's like, you know, like, am I going to have to, so you almost think you got to overprove to, to, to everybody. Sure. And that, that pressure was a, a, a dumb pressure I put on myself. And so it kept me from committing or, 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 or doing anything. And so finally, mo- like most everything in my life, um, uh, even getting, making comic books in general was have Marvel tell me that I have to do it. <laughs> So like, you know, before I ever really knew how to draw a comic book, I said yes to a, a, uh, a job offered by Marvel when they're like, do you want to draw a comic book? I said, yes. Then I'm like, then I had to tell, you know, Casey, my now wife, you know, 15 yes. years ago, I had to tell her like, I wonder if they care if I've never drawn a comic book before, <laughs> you know? And so and that's kind of what it is. It's like, okay, you know, over the years, Nick Lowe and John Barber and, and some, and some really cool editors up there and, and uh, Sebastian Gertner and, and some editors I worked with, you know, I wrote one shots and stuff like that. And a mini series, yes. mini series there. So the writing thing has had already been happening, but until, um, you know, rocket was only going to be a mini series. And I just literally flippantly one day was like, Hey, uh, Gabriel, David Gabriel, let's just make this an ongoing man. And he was like, all right. And I was like, oh shit. That's <laughs> yeah, great. I was like, oh shit, I got to do this now. So really, honestly, like us pulling the trigger like that uh, is really kind of what made me feel like, all right, I got to do it. I got to do pressure on. And then like anything, right? Once you just like riding a bike or anything you do for the first time, once you do it, you're like, oh man, I really built that up in my head. Like I have a long way to go. I got a lot to learn. But I'm on the road now, right? Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not yes. jumping off, I'm not jumping off ramps or anything yet. But I'm, I'm on the road, uh, and and so that's kind of what Rocket felt like. And so, but so then I went instantly to work, uh, wrote the whole series or wrote the whole first arc of Fairyland in you know consecutively, hit up Eric, uh, and that's where I think the the weird just timing of everything made it makes it a really a perfect book because it feels like what I did on fair or what I did on Oz a little bit and a little bit of what the attitude that I was doing on rocket and they kind of are, you know, blended together in this weird melting pot of a book because those books were already versions of me through the jobs that I was getting, you know? And so, because I, you know, by that time I was, picking the books that fit me most within the books that I had at my disposal, you know, or the, that I could try to pick. So rocket was the, one of the best fitting books that Marvel had that I could pick from. So it, because it was already so close to what I am and, and Oz was the same thing. And I think, so it was very fitting when I, the first book that I decided to do on the creator own front was, was this idea that I had been cooking up because it was already kind of those two books <laughs> combined before, you know, I got there. So, uh, yeah. And then I just, I really just hit up Eric and was like, I hit up the idea and his, I think his literally reply was email reply was you just made my fucking day. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. great. Excellent. He got it oh, right yeah. away. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. That's cool. Well, you know, cause I don't know how many, uh, well, again, this isn't an all this, this is the slightly more maybe PG 13 
book. Yeah, you know what? Just I, you know, or what? Yeah, yeah I don't even know. It was what tough. I had like a real tough time. Um, well, <laughs> I had a tough time because we're well, like we're the kind of kids that like read this stuff when we were ten or twelve years old, and it didn't corrupt us in a bad way. It just made us appreciate crazy. Yeah, I mean, when we grew up, like I said, I mean, if we looked at a Lobo, like this stuff was all in a Lobo book, and I don't think there was, there was no sure. rating on it. You know, so right? um, to be safe. Because I do know that people assume uh, that. I, well, yeah, I hate Fairyland. That it's probably going to be very right. sweet. And people assume, yeah, because because of the kind of work that I've done, um, I, I right. went ahead and I decided just to say that it's mature, um, because that will just for me make me feel more comfortable and safeguard it to where I could say, okay. hey, I put on there, <laughs> like I put on there very clearly that it's mature, so you could see there. If you if if you let your kid dive in and they're scared that the moon's brains got blown out, uh, I warned you. You know, um, so uh, yeah. So I didn't really know what to do with the the rating. Um, as far as that, I mean, I know that I I really wanted my I really wanted to go and lean into the c- kind of really funny, hyper violent stuff. You know, again, because I get, I loved that Lobo stuff and I love Tank Girl and. I loved those kind of like hyper crazy eighties, nineties comics that were just so crazy violent for, you know, and, and in a funny way, right? Like I'm, and it's right. same Looney Tunes type of stuff or whatever, or Ren and Stimpy or any of right. that stuff. But I did choose not to like openly curse, right? Like I, it's obviously inferred. Yeah. Fluffy. yeah it's like yeah, the fluffy. muffin fluffer and <laughs> things like that. But, but, <laughs> I, I actually did that because like I wouldn't have done that had I not figured out a story way to make it make sense. And my, my story, my story reason is fairyland will not allow it. Like, so she thinks she is cursing, but fairyland, the, you know, the spell of fairyland Correct. will not let it happen. So, um, <laughs> you know, until there's a new ruler in charge of fairyland that, you know, lifts that curse or something or lifts that spell, you know, she will try her damnedest, but you know, actual big curse words aren't going to come out the way that, that she wants them to. Um, I do like that the cops are dickheads though. And then of course they, they say, we do not have the heads of these so-called dicks. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I I hear all them all either as James Mason or Michael yeah, York. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I struggled with that one too because I was like, well, I mean, it's not really a cuss word. Like, you know what I mean? I was trying to figure out a way where I was like, I still no. want to be ornery a little bit. And I don't think dickhead is a cuss word. And I don't know. It, 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 who knows? I might have – a couple of people have pointed that one out. And I've, I did struggle with that one myself. But I was like, yeah – this is mushroom head guys. I gotta call. I gotta call them dickheads. I gotta. Of course. And they're and no, they're the, cops, right? They're cops. So there's a right. They're stiff. right. They're, yeah, they're cops. They're di- you know private eye. They could be any of that. You know. So that's true to an extent that it could be dicks. Yeah. So I've, I tried to play a little bit loose with that on that <laughs> one, but um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I I honestly, again, I tried not to care too much and overthink that stuff. I really got to because I. I did it first. Like uh, a lot of people know now, and there's a variant for it, but my working title the entire time that I developed it was fuck fairyland. Like <laughs> I really was determined to call the book fuck fairyland um, just to let it right out there. Be like, Nope, the book's called. And so even, even all my friends, as we would discuss it, that's what we, we all called it that. 
so it would just be on Skype. I'm sure the lawyers in the office next to mine in the suite were just like, what are these guys talking about? You know, because I'd just be like pacing my office, talking to Jason Howard and Stegman being like, all right, in Fuck Fairyland issue three, the moon is definitely getting its fucking brains blown out. You know? <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, that was the only one that was the only place where I really decided just for the, you know, I went back and forth with Eric Stevenson a little bit about the title, you know, on a business front. That was, that was the only decision sure. that I really tried to make a business decision on, um, because it really would have cut sales down. Oh, absolutely. You can see a store. I can't put that on my stand. Right. Are you Yeah. Nuts? So we decided against it, but then we had a real interesting moment. So after the, at the, um, image expo, when we announced the book, um, that night, they had a reception at the, uh, the cartoon art museum and, um, all the Eric and I both started having different retailers come up to us through the night asking, because we, we told the little anecdote on stage about how it used to be called fuck fairyland and crowd laughed or whatever. And, and, uh, so retailers started coming up to both of us randomly through the night asking, like, do you think we could get the, f- like a fuck fairyland variant? and eric and i after the end of the night came up to each other and like kind of like were you kidding yeah i was too it was like and and then we were both like why didn't we think of that (laughs) like why didn't we think that why why were we trying to like sweat which one to call it when we could just call it both and uh yeah so that's really what i did you know i didn't do um i didn't do a lot of covers i just did i did we're doing i'm doing two covers for every issue um and they're both mine you know i draw both covers Okay. So one okay. covers the regular cover, I Hate Fairyland, and then one covers kind of slightly more violent, <laughs> and it's uh, it, it says it's the full F-bomb. It's Fuck Fairyland. It's the it's the Fuck Fairy, yeah. Fairyland fuck variant. Fair, yeah, that's the fuck, for the t- It's the FFV. Yeah, there that's you go. For, so for the shops that, you know, and again, I did, I think it's a thing where it's like, you know your shop, you know, these, these shop owners are smart. They know, they know if they can put a book like that on the shelf or not. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I wanted to do it in a way where if you wanted to, and you want to have a little fun with me and put the, the book out, you can, um, and, well, and you can always, and, and, or you could have your clientele that, that does want it. And just, it's in the pull box. Cause you know, unfortunately we're in this ridiculous jackboot like it's society right now and really comic books really are on on the front line of you know you shit the wrong yes. way and, and they're gonna they're gonna slap you down but it's but you could do this you know that that's cool that they know their store and that they're you know if they're smart right. about it and stuff yeah man you know you could still everyone could have the joke and and you know community standards will not uh be uh, imp- sure. <laughs> impugned at some point. Yeah, so it really worked. It really worked out cool. So i i get yeah, that little man, I get great. that little piece of me that feels good because I got to actually call it the you know the original title, uh, <laughs> you know, but not completely cut my sales off at the knees. So uh, that's yeah. cool. And and can stores like is it their choice of what which version? Yeah, they, they can get well, they get one or the other. I put there's no thresholds, there's no limits, there's there's good no minimums. Um, it wasn't me doing anything to try to bolt you know to boost or balloon sales at all it was really it really was just a thing where i thought you know what this is funny for me it really was always intended to be the title um and it's the it's it's a way for me to to get that one little part of me that got to actually put a fuck the word fuck in a comment in my first creator on title so um absolutely yeah it was uh it was it was it's it's pretty cool so yeah that's very cool man no that's great because you know it's funny i uh the last episode, uh, Dal 
from Challengers, Dal Bush was on, and we were talking about variant covers. And unfortunately, that a lot of it is to balloon sales and spike sales and stuff. And he and he said, he goes, you know, Image does it right, and it usually is, you know, the creators that determine what. And and he goes, usually there's no threshold, so it's great to hear that. You know, you're you're doing that. Yeah, and you're doing it for the right reasons, man. I mean, again, it's in tone with the book, and it's it is the title that you wanted anyway. So it's just a good inside joke. Yeah, it, I mean, you know, it's it's hard for me to come to it's it's hard for me to land too far on one side or the other, not on the thresholds and the very the variants and stuff like that, because obviously, I like I, I am uh, I play a pretty massive. <laughs> I, <laughs> play a pretty massive role and, in that game. You know, Scotty, but that's the thing, honestly, I really do. I'm glad that it makes extra work for you guys and that you guys get to have fun. Your ultimate uh end uh cover of Bendis dropping yeah. the mic. For for that was great, man. Or and I the one I love and I and I got a print from you of it was uh was original sin with Nothing. uh Man vomiting and everything. Yeah. And the eyeballs, yeah, absolutely. Well, but yeah, or yeah, it was a reaction to the yeah, eyeballs. And, right. I mean the the thing is is I I mean listen, I get it. I know that the variants are crazy and sometimes the thresholds are crazy and um you know and I and I know it's frustrating for some stores because they want them and the, the thresholds are too high. And again, I have nothing at all to do with those decisions. Not. I will say this. Um I do think that a lot of stores know their store Again, I, I think retailers are super smart. I think that retailers know their their clientele. I think that that retailers that know that they're not going to get hurt by getting variants get the variants. And I know that I, I've talked to retailers that will tell me flat out, "Hey, I I, I got a shop on a college campus. My my clientele doesn't have a lot of extra spending cash. I don't get your variants." I'm like, "That's cool. That's I I sure. that's the kind of conversation I want to hear. I want to hear somebody who's just says, "No, nope, this is my store. This is my customers. They don't go for that, so I don't I don't dive into that side." Um, and that's exactly what yeah. Jeff said. And, and he absolutely presented that other side of, "No, it works for us." Yeah, a and lot that's where, and I think that's the difference, you know, again, I don't want to speak too much to retailing because I, you know, I'm not I'm not a, a master of that and I, and I could probably get a lot wrong, but I do think that's the biggest difference between the variant situation that we've got going on today and the variant situation that kind of probably crushed us you know, back in the nineties, which is I, everybody, everybody's eyes are wide open. Like you, okay. I think, right. And again, I could be no, I, yeah. And I hope so. And I agree. And I think again, yeah, no, I want the right stores to do yeah. this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I don't see too like I know that I have the retailers that come up. I mean, some guys will come up with long boxes of of covers, literally four hundred covers of mine or something, and wow. you know they're they they have them because they can move them or whatever you know, and that's sure, for sure. them. But I will, will say this, and I, I was even talking about this with a friend today. But for me, I will forever be grateful that people have fallen in love with these little Marvel covers uh, because without them, it would be very difficult for me to have as an artist because a lot of people th- when they talk about jumping over the creator side of the line or creator own side it's a lot different for a writer than an artist because usually for the artist you have to you have to quit one job completely to go over and do the other job you know it, you can't you can't straddle both sides of the line as easily as an absolutely. artist or you know, no, writers absolutely. can write four books over here and two books over here and vice versa. So for me, the money that the variant covers bring in on, you know, my rate and then the original art, that was the thing that finally allowed me to be able to scale back a little bit on interior work, uh, on a monthly basis and dedicate that time to a creator own project. Um, and still, 
still have fun with the Marvel characters and still play that. So for me, it was the, it was the bridge that I have been searching for to be able to kind of dive into the whole new realm, you know, a whole new way of storytelling. And, and, uh, you know, so I'll forever be grateful that people love <laughs> looking at Iceman throw up on covers. <laughs> <laughs> But even even before that, and I told you, and I had you recreate your cover of uh, uh, your your all ages Armor World retelling, uh, and you did those covers and stuff. And I, that's my favorite cover that uh, I had you resketch and everything was Tony holding up the Iron Man helmet uh, oh, thanks, in, man. That, in that alas poor Yorick kind of uh, pose, which really is it, it's the essence of the character. Thanks, man. man. I really appreciate that, man. I, I love that absolutely, dude. No, you nailed it. And it and the cool thing is that I think these variants again much like the Oz books and stuff, another way for people to really accept your style. And they are one gag, you know, images and stuff like that, that really does kind of set the table yeah. for, for them to try something like uh, fairyland and everything. Yeah. So. And, you know, and, and, and if I'm, you know, if I'm going to be, um, if I really want to try to be as positive as I can be, I will say that I still hear, and this is anecdotal, but I still hear people say, I bought this book, uh, just because I wanted the cover and now I, now this book's on my pull list and, and I'm not talking about <laughs> my great, books. Man. I'm saying like, you know, like a book that they, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, book in the Marvel line that they might not have thought about picking up, but they did because one of these was on number one and for what, you know, they collect them and now they've got them all and they need this one. And they're like, well, I bought this one. I really didn't have any intentions of, of caring what the, about the book, but now I love that book, you know, and like, so I'd still think for me, there's still a little bit of positive. There's, I mean, I think there's a lot of positive stuff, but I mean, that's one of the cool positive things that I like in there is that it's still giving people an opportunity. Like it's still giving that chance for the collector who might just be in it for the collecting aspect of it to discover a new book, you know? And, and I know that because I'm that person as I used to be that person as well, who would go buy, you know, if Joe mad did a cover on a book, I was going to buy it whether or not I planned on reading it or not. And sometimes I ended up actually liking the book and reading it, you know? Um, so I think that's a hope too. So there's, I, you know, there's goods and bad, there's good and bad with every, all, all the stuff we do. Right. So, um, I try my best. I mean, I try my best to see the, the good in things as much as I can. <laughs> So it comes out October 14th? Yep, uh, yep October that? 14th, yep. Okay, cool. All right, excellent. So, oh man, so are you going to New York? Are you going to be at I am I'm not going to be at New York this year. Um I really what I really tried to figure out because the book would be out the following week. It was literally like yeah. that following Wednesday and I knew that I was yes. going to do a couple store signings, so I'm going to be at Third Eye Comics um in oh, cool. in October. I'm going to be at Heroes aren't hard to find in October. And so because I was going to do two store signings after the book came out, um, I just decided I was like, I can't do three trips in October and you know, I got a new baby and yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Congrats Thanks, to Thank you, you. Casey. My, that's true. Yep. It's the first time we've, uh, we've yep. talked since the baby was Thank born. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. I've, well, I've been following on Facebook and seeing yeah, the images. Yeah, so a, he, everybody looks yeah, happy. He's and, a cutie. He's a cutie, but uh, yeah. So be, <laughs> and Baxter's, Baxter's adjusted to be. Oh, he loves it, man. He's yeah. That kid. We we really got lucky with that kid, man. He's a he's a smart little dude and a caring little dude. And you know, he hasn't not. He's not once really. You know, Casey's been pretty tied up with Milo and and you know as as uh, as the super mom that she is. And um, you know, he's not once 
made it difficult for her or made, you know, or, or, or sure. acted out because he's that not, yeah, nope, not at all. Yeah. In fact, you know, the other day he drew, he came home with a picture of the family, uh, you know, they drew at school. He started kindergarten actually. Co- oh, very yeah, nice. He, he started kindergarten just a couple days after the, after Milo was born and, and um, okay. so one day last week or whatever, he came home and one of, you know, they had him draw his family. And so, you know, it's stick figures and stuff. So it's like me and, and he drew Casey and he drew our two dogs, Emma and Penny, our St. Bernard and Golden Doodle. And then he drew him. And I was like, uh oh, you know, and there was, you know, he's, 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 he's like, it's not the greatest. He's not great at drawing it, you know, but he's like, it's kind of scribbly and whatever. And I thought, uh oh, you know, I, there's no. There's no Milo in the drawing, right? Like, yeah. is this is this one of those moments I gotta look into something? You know, do I gotta get on the internet and read some shit? <laughs> uh, uh, and I was like, so I so, but instead of asking him our thing, I was you know I I try to let him you know always present his stuff, and so I was like I was like, all right, so show me who everybody is, and he's pointing at everybody, and that's Emma, and that's Penny, and that's you, and that's Mom, and that's me, and I'm holding Milo, so the scribble on there that I couldn't tell what it was. So he didn't leave Milo out. He that's yeah, awesome. he drew himself holding his new brother. So I was like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I was like, you know what? That right there. Like I got scared for a minute, and he he did so much the opposite. Man, he you know. So it's uh it's cool. Yeah, every everything's very yeah, good. It's pretty awesome. So that's excellent. So you yeah, you were saying that you had three. You have three yeah. So I got three up. signings, and I'm going to be back in New York in November. Um. Oh, okay. Oh, new retreat. Yeah, I think so. So we're going to be back in New York for, for in November and just a lot of traveling. So I thought, you know what? Uh, I think I'll, I'll sit in New York out this time. And because I, because I didn't want to, I was going to have to pull off of some, pull out of something. And I didn't want to have to, you know, I, I, the, the retailers are, the retailers really showed up for Fairyland one, man. I'll tell you what it was. That's fantastic. Dude. Tell me about, yeah. Tell me about that. Scott, how much of, how much, uh, like you contacting retailers, did you do for this? And um, and what, I didn't do it. I never talk about, yeah, that I didn't before. do any, like, you know, I know that like, some people made calls and stuff like that. And I, sure. I didn't do that. I mean, mostly I, I, I had planned to at the beginning, but mostly just because, you know, we had a kid. And so this last month has been pretty hectic, but, sure. um, you know, I really, really, you know, I've, I've got a pretty hefty online presence and, uh, and I, I really like to keep in contact with as many as possible as I can there. And like I said, for some of the shops that were interested in getting me out, I couldn't get to as many shops as, as I wanted to, but, um, really it was just mainly just me talking about it online a lot. And then, you know, image did a great job with, uh, you know, cat, cat, yeah, cat up at image did a fantastic job of getting the word out and, uh, you know, and just putting the book out there. And then I got to say, I I mean, I, I did, I don't feel that I did any kind of, you know, crazy weird magic tricks or anything. Uh, we just really told people a lot that the book was going to be here and I crossed my fingers. (laughs) Am I nuts? Was it on the cover? It was. Yeah, we got it. Well, yeah, well that certainly doesn't hurt. I mean, so congratulations to cat and image and everything for getting, you you know, giving you guys. Yeah, that was super. I mean yeah. that's 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 a that's a nice calling card Dude, listen, <laughs> in itself, uh, and that's a big risk, by the way, too. Do you know how? For me, it is super cool for me to to have them, not just them, but but Diamond and everybody to have. I hate Fairyland. I mean, a book called "I Hate Fairyland" about what it's about be on the cover of previews in a month. 
Now, remember, this is October. Yep. In Go October, ahead. Marvel is launching what? Like 40 books? Like, right? Like, there, there's like yes. a million yes. Marvel books launching in October, yes, right? they are. Absolutely. Uh, I think, like, Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang have, you know, like, uh, Paper Girls is coming out. You know, Brian K. Vaughn. Yep. Yeah, just that guy, right? Like, <laughs> just, like, every book that he says. He, he puts out just sells like a trillion copies and not, not to mention yeah cliff is a yeah, yeah, cliff, he's so bad at drawing right um so the, 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 here's a scope of october and i didn't even realize this when i picked october right which i'm at the i'm at the retreats i should pay attention right so i choose october simply because i think uh my book's kind of ha- my book could fit in a halloween theme right so i pick yeah. october so Marvel is literally relaunching the Earth, right? Like, yes. it, yep. not relaunch, whatever the word is. I don't know what, but I'm just saying, no, like, six, yeah. six, the universe. Right. So every, all of our, all new, all everybody's numbers. books are coming back out. Uh, yep. So th- just a little book, Spider Gwen, right? Just that little book that had a little hype and buzz behind it this past year is that has a new number one in uh in in October. Uh, yep. BKV's book. Uh, all, Jason Aaron's doing Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange, which I've read and is one of my favorite books already. Oh, I'm excited. That's oh, good it's to hear. Amazing. Uh, with Chris Bocello. Um, yeah. <laughs> Another oh, shitty just artist. what an <laughs> asshole. He's so bad. Um, yeah. So all of a sudden I'm like, I can't in hindsight, I cannot believe I got the cover previews in a month like that. Yep, yep. Like, so, yep. and, and, and then I, I'm going to be honest with you. Once I realized the amount of books, like even after previews came out and we were, and I was on the cover, I really, I was devastated that I didn't think this through on the month because I was like, that's it. I'm going to like, I'm going to be smashed. Right. Like there's no possible way. Like, where's everybody, like the money, you know what I mean? Like, again, this is me, my naivete about how retailers, you know, allocate their dollars or whatever, but I'm like, there's no way. Like, like I'm like each retailer is going to be like, yeah, we'll get one of those. (laughs) We'll get, Right. Like because there's so much stuff coming out in October. Right. Oh, a lot of product. Absolutely it's a lot crazy. of product. Um and I gotta tell you, John, I was pretty wrong, buddy. Like that's fantastic, oh, man. Oh, retailers really uh really humbled me on 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 uh my first creator on book, man. I'm let me listen, there's gonna be a lot more fairyland than I thought. So I'll just say that. Like it was uh you know what might have been, you know, an arc or two could definitely be a lot more <laughs> if if, if okay. they maintain if they maintain, you know, the kind of the form. You know, the, yeah, obviously everybody knows there's kind of a formula, right? You, your first orders, and then it drops off a certain percentage. It drops off, drops off, right? Like that's just how sales go. So, but based on how we're kicking things off, it's it. Uh, I think that'll be telling some pretty fun stories for you know a, a little while to come. So, it, it, that's- yeah. Is is the plan to do like five and then take the break, like like most image books? Yeah, days? I mean, whatever, whatever. Uh, it'll be like a I don't know what the break is like a month or two, right? Like what do they what do they yeah. do? Like they take a break, then the trade comes out, and then and then you kind of kick into the second arc, right? Sure. I mean, and again, well, and a lot of times too, it's it's like you were saying that a lot of artists can't you know either have to make the full commitment. Right. Or to straddle, obviously, it's going to be half the year I do the creator own book, the half the year I take a DC or Marvel job in the interim, or or some other you know paid gig, and you know it depends. I you know given the fact that it's you, I guess it's really up to your own schedule and your own ability to 
you know, do these and, and, and bank them. Well, although, yeah, no, obviously I was going to say you are doing everything. Yeah. Do, yeah. I'm definitely doing everything on this. I mean, Jean's coloring me still and right. Picos is lettering, but, um, no, I've, I've really like, uh, I am pretty hardcore with my schedule. Um, I don't like to, I don't ship books late. I don't, I don't right. turn uh, like everything. When things come out, they're supposed to come out. They do. So even before I leaped in, uh, or leapt into this, uh, I made sure that everything was lined up to where if I was going to do it, I was going to be able to do it. And, and so, um, my Marvel, the Marvel stuff that I still have on my plate, everything works perfectly. It's all fitting nicely. So, um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fast when it comes, you know, again, I, I make the kind of books that, you know, work within the kind of time frame I have and I, that I like to draw and there, if I like to draw it, then it happens quicker. Right. Like, um, so um, yeah, it's, it's, I'll be able to do this for, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, as long as people keep supporting it really, I mean, uh, and that's what I plan on right now. So, I mean, for right now I've got my covers, I'm writing rocket. Um, I've got a couple plans for, for a couple pitches for, you know, uh, my Marvel stuff that I'll draw interior wise now for, from here on out for a little while will probably be more you know, more minis in the way of giant size, little Marvel, the way that was, you know, like a, a four issue fun book, you know, that kind of fits into, to whatever. But, um, okay. yeah, for now, uh, on, as far as interiors go for the next little while, I'll be doing that. But, um, yeah, I, I made sure that even if I do jump over and do some Marvel interiors on anything that, you know, my schedule will allow it and I, I'll be able to be able to do both. So, uh, my plan is to try to keep Fairyland as, as consistently coming out through these, you know, you know, two or three arcs at the beginning, uh, you know, and get a, okay. get a nice two or three trades coming out and then, sure. um, you know, and then, you know, see what else I can explore as far as other stories that I want to tell. I mean, you know, cause I don't, the only thing I don't want to do is do, do the same book for too long because I do have a lot of, I'm having fun telling different kind of stories, you know? So I really would like to, make sure I get a chance to explore different genres and stuff. Well, yeah. And you don't, you know, you can come back and just like Sergio Aragonis and, and Mark Evan, you do mm-hmm. with uh, Gru. Oh yeah. And when, you know, when, when the story's right, fine, you do a new one. And if not, then, you know, again, you got a nice, they got a nice stack of volumes that they can go back to. Absolutely. And, you know, there's for any, anybody that's new to Gru, I mean, certainly has a great body of work that they could dive into. Sure. And, you know, so that's, no, I think that's smart, and I truly, I mean, in, in our conversations over the years, I know you've got a lot of ideas. So, no, I hope I hope to see you tackle more things because, like I said, I mean, that's going back to Rocket and everything. I really do think we're at a point where people are more accepting of the cartoony style to tell more than just humor, and you know, even even in Rocket and stuff, you've had moments like you know at the in the Ice World and stuff like that. Where it's pure science fiction. Going yeah, yeah. On? I think I th- you know I think that's yeah. It's definitely. Um, I was I was saying the other day like sometimes, especially while working on Fairyland, it's so wacky and so over the top that there are days you know where you're five days into, uh, you know this kind of wacky headspace that you almost want to do nothing but tell some really heavy dark story you know like like what's the most <laughs> serious emotional story i could tell now because like i've i've just chopped 37 arms off with a big axe <laughs> um, or she stuffed herself with all the uh, mushroom head cops yeah and stuff yeah she just like tri- she's tripping balls she just <laughs> ate the actual brains of uh, mushroom people 
I like Larry, by the way. That's a great Jiminy oh, Cricket. Thanks, I, I, I like Larry a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, Larry. Larry. Time, <laughs> Larry is. Um, ah, God, he's so. You know, what's funny is he's amazing fun to draw and i don't ever change his expression like, it's like every time i draw him i feel like i'm drawing him different but every but the whole goal of that character is that his exp- like he is he, okay for those that don't know and, and if i'm pitching the book a little bit larry is a fly who who was given to gert when she first gets a fairyland as her guide and kind of the yeah, like her Jim- yeah Jim- basically Jim- like a jiminy cricket or you know uh, uh any kind of character falco or, or, you know, in Labyrinth, you had um, Hoggle or, you know, any guide that's sure. given to the character who comes <laughs> to that world. Um, and, and, and like these guides, you know, they're, they're the guide until they usher you home. Like they are helping you guide you on your way. And Larry, of course, cannot move on with his life until Kurt gets home. So he has also been stuck with her. So at the beginning of the story, he's this bright eyed you know, guy, you know, part of the guy killed, you know, like this bright eyed fly. He's like, I'm here to help you, you know? And by the end, he's just a cigar smoking, you know, like I just, would you please die? Like, would you please either go home or die so I could move on? You know, See, I didn't think it was that harsh. It kind of was like Arthur and Hobbs. Well, he will be in, I mean, in, in the Dudley Moore movie where really it's just like, Oh, I'm so sick of you. Yeah. Shit. Well, maybe I tip my hat for further stories. <laughs> Yeah, it's very much that person where it's just like, yeah, we've been together for too long. And and again, it's that extra, it's even that, it's another layer of that, you know, being annoyed by the character. Like, again, you know, sure. would the guides, would, would the Jiminy Cricket or, or the Hoggle in the Labyrinth, like, would they not be like, would you just be done already? Quit making dumb choices. Like, just... <laughs> Look, yes. the key is over there. Just go down there and go get it, you dummy. Like, I can't tell you where it's at. I can only kind of hint towards where it's at. Um, you know, so that's another layer of, of the characters in these worlds, you know, that it's really just, you know, again, a, a constant examination of, like, how we view the world as children and how we view the, you know, the world as adults and and, and using the magical worlds as as the world, you know, where – uh, you know, that's super cute. And, and, you know, like, uh, if you eat sugar all day, like you think when you're a kid, all you want to do is eat sugar all day. Right. And and you gladly would given the chance, luckily adults keep you from doing it. Um, but you know, there's going to be an instance in, in, uh, in, in issue two where you'll, you will see for a quick glimpse, uh, you know, what life is like for somebody who is eating, had nothing but a diet of, you know, everything is made of sugar for uh you know 27 years like what what does that do to a person (laughs) that's hilarious so um, so, yeah there's there's uh you know all those kind of things like that you know just a fun weird send up of that stuff it's funny that you brought up grew you know because that grew is another book that is a massive inspiration on me man like uh that's just the kind of storytelling that you know because i did have a few people ask when they read through it and a few you know i think one review talked about like uh, you know, the arc and I think someone even brought politics in, said I was doing maybe some sort of, um, I don't know, like an allegory for current pol. I don't know. I was like, wow. Oh, they read, they read politics. Into <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. I listen, I get a kick out of that stuff. I get a kick out of like what people take away from stuff. Uh, oh, dude, that's, that's the magic of it's art. Great. Absolutely. It, Everybody's it is, something completely is so different. cool, but it, it's also hilarious because 
anybody sure. who knows me knows that I'm not as deep as all that. <laughs> I'm very surface. But uh, <laughs> um, but no, like somebody we were talking about an art, like the character arc or something like that. I was like, you know, I didn't really think about it because I'm so in love again with like Lobo and Gru. And these were books that I loved because almost nothing ever changed. Like you could always depend on Gru being Gru, exactly the same Gru a hundred issues in. And it was all about, there's something that I really love about just picking up a comic book and, and, you know, uh, one or two comic books out of my stack of 20 for the week or the month or whatever being just a book like that where it's like – and I still to this day will go – you know, if I'm – if it's too late to really dive into a deep book, I will still go grab literally any random issue of Gru and just read it like because you can. You can go pick issue 82 of Gru and read that that night without needing to read 81 or 83. Um, right. and, and there's something cool about that. And it's, it's been fun to try to be a part of that kind of storytelling legacy as well. And, and, and use that as a, you know, like a little bit of an inspiration and see if I can't, you know, also try to tell just fun, whimsical, you know, quick stories that where you just have a quick fun before maybe you get back off into the more heavier stuff. No, that's, you know, kind of, uh, hand in hand too, with, uh, humor comic strips as mm-hmm. well. I mean, you know, Beetle Bailey and Hagar and stuff like sure. that. All that stuff stays consistent, and that you know they they stay within their world, and there's really no growth. Yeah, <laughs> Beetle, yeah. Beetle Beetle's not going to be a corporal anymore. Yeah, yeah. Somebody like, said like, <laughs> so is she ever like? Um, I think Joe Kelly. I sent it off to Joe Kelly, and Joe was like, he, he and to be fair, Joe was like, listen, I don't need her to or anything, but just wondering like. Will you know? Will 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 anything happen? Should she be like sympathetic or anything? I was like, nah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> it is Gertrude, right? Yeah, Gertrude. Yeah, Gertrude, and then Gert. Okay. We usually call you know, like most people end up calling her Gert through the through the story. But yeah, we got Gertrude, sure. um, Queen Claudia. Uh, <laughs> you know, who's, who's you know the 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 Queen of Fairyland who who you know again started off with uh, great intentions and is a very good queen, but you know, her land can't move on because this, you know, character, Gert keeps killing her people and like not moving on, you know, and, uh, only one human girl is supposed to, you know, or not human girl, but one human is supposed to be there at a time. So she's like, Oh my God, you know, we gotta get rid of this person, you know? Well, that's, that's why there's like almost this like adult kind of thing. And I mean, you even see it after she goes through her mushroom bender and stuff, you know, she's puking on uh, whatever land they're at right there. And it really is like after an all nighter, yeah. like, you know, and poor Larry is like metaphorically like holding her hair back and she's yeah, running right. and it's, he's not it's that, anything. It's but that yeah. same thing. It, yeah. It's like, it's yes. um, Larry is that version of the friend that he also went to the party, but he just had a couple drinks and exactly like, we're all having a good time. And they're like, how the fuck did you get that drunk? Like, I was with you the whole time. Like, how did you get so drunk? Why? It's like, I'm not drunk enough to think you're cute right now. Like, like, or not, I'm not saying like cute as in like you look hot. I'm saying cute as in like your antics aren't right. Antics aren't really that cute right now. I'm not drunk enough to think that you're entertaining. Um, uh, So I don't know. I, it's like, it, it, listen, these are, it's super juvenile. It's, it's like me really leaning into that, that id, you know, like that, just like f- funny, like you said, like the the drunk friend at the party, 
that you could always count on to make the bad choices and you're going to have to deal with them later that night. Uh, you know, the, even, even that little bit like queen Claudia, you know, she's, she can maybe be seen as that adult. Who's like, look, we all love kids. Like I have kids. I love them. They're cute. He's cute. You know, every now and then you want to ring, you got to ring their, you want to ring their neck. Right. This is like, like right now Baxter is, he'll be six in November. This kid asks, 750 questions a day like and 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 i love this kid he is as cute as can be i would take a bullet for him but every now and then on the 750th question i want to hire a huntsman or something right like you're just like (laughs) kid because it's like you know his stuff is like what are books why do they call them books why do books have words why do they call them words? What is a word? Like you're just like, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> Casey gave birth to George. Carlin. Oh my god, it is. Oh, you couldn't be more. Oh, it's hilarious, man. So yeah, it's like this. This book is literally me uh, having fun, poking fun, examining, laughing at, crying about all the stuff in my life as far as comics and the st- movies I grew up on and my kid and all this, all the kind of stuff thrown into this one big silly book. And, and like I said, like in trying to be inspired daily just to make a cool, fun comic. No, I, honestly, dude, I love it. And I love uh, the evolution of your stuff. And I think uh, it's at a very interesting point. And like I said, at the beginning, I think the market is ready for this kind of book. And I'm glad that the retailers have responded so well. And uh, the public will see come October 14th as I Hate Fairyland hits the atmosphere and uh, is alongside of, you know, when does Rocket uh, restart? Uh, I I think December. Uh, I think we launch in December. Yep. That's cool. Excellent. And one more issue of uh, Giant Size? uh, No, I think. Little Marvel? I think the next thing you would, I think they're all out. Um, The next thing you'll have to look forward to is the trade. And then I think. I want to say in like December or January or February or something, they're putting out one of those adult coloring books of my of oh, my stuff. Hey, that's great of that story. That's um, fantastic. Oh, not just of that story, but just of a bunch of my little Marvel stuff. So it'll be kind of like a random grab bag of a lot of my Marvel, uh, little Marvel stuff. So some covers, oh, some stuff from the book, and just a little bit of everything. So I think yeah, Marvel's you know that adult coloring book thing is like really big. It's, it's a it is. It is, but I and I and I got and it's cool. And then I saw the price, and I'm like, "All right." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, but don't get me wrong. And again, I can appreciate someone like buying it and stuff because it would be fun to color and everything. But I'm like, "Wow, man!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they're they really are big because they are this. And again, I get it. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I do understand it. I can appreciate the appeal sure. and everything, but yeah, it's funny. Yeah, so we, yeah, we got uh, one of those. I think Marvel's putting out one of those <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that, that's it. I got, uh, Fairland starts in October. It'll be the first, first arc will be five issues and then we'll get that trade out. And then I'll, I plan on, I've already been uh, this past two weeks, like the second, the second five issues have really kind of unlocked and I've been uh, plotting those out and getting those written down. So, um, yeah, jumping in, having some fun. Had a boy. Yeah. Nice going, man. No, congrats, I, honestly. And also on the family front as well. That's wonderful. Happy congratulations with Milo and my best to Casey and Baxter and, uh, and the dogs. Thank you. 
So I um and I know you're busy as hell down in Central Illinois. I don't know when you're going to be able to come up to Chicago. Anymore. We actually need to get up there soon. We were actually talking to Baxter about it at dinner tonight. That we were thinking about taking the train up here soon and just having a weekend up there. Just uh, he we haven't actually brought. He hasn't actually had a chance to come to the city yet. So before it gets too cold, we're hoping to maybe get up there in the next you know uh, I don't know a couple of weeks or so maybe. Very cool. Excellent. Well, I hope to see yeah, you. Man. And uh, yeah, you know. Um, no, all the best, Thanks, dude. Brother. Uh, congrats, and keep, you know, keep it up, and uh, we will check in in a few months, and uh, you know, either wrap up the first arc of Fairyland, and you know, yeah, let's uh, let's try and do another talk because we do. We always wait too long between these things. Uh, I know. Well, anytime, brother. You, you, you let me know. Well, you're you're uh, you're, you're you're big time, and dude, you're huge. You got uh, got movie stars and directors and uh, comic artists and writers, and you're the you're the man. Oh, God bless you, son. Well, we're trying, but no, I'm uh, always happy to include you in the conversation because I do. I appreciate your your thoughts on the market, and uh, and you're always uh, willing to uh, share your opinions and stuff. So uh, thank you as always, and I appreciate your critical ear as Thanks, well. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. To wrap things up on today's Word Balloon, we are going to present uh, an informal uh, panel that was at Cincy Comic Con. This was a sketch-off between Ming Doyle, Mike Norton, and Chris Burnham. Uh, I'm thrilled to have them all back. Uh, I should say uh, Chris and, and Mike are certainly old-time Word Balloon people. It's the first time Ming has ever been on Word Balloon. First time I met Ming. Lovely person, excellent artist, uh, tremendous writer. I'm enjoying her work on Constantine with uh, James Tynan IV. And as I tell her, I loved her work on The Kitchen. Excellent Vertigo crime series that we talk about, among other things. But uh, it was a sketch-up. It was the first time I had ever moderated a sketch-off, and you'll be able to tell because I really don't know what the hell's going on. And luckily, uh, Kara Moore was out in the audience to kind of explain to me what I needed to do. But uh, we got some laughs from the audience. And again, this is kind of an informal uh, conversation between the uh, four of us as they are sketching and I am just observing and kind of keeping things rolling. So it wasn't just uh, people watching these guys just draw and uh, no conversation was happening. So I kind of felt the uh, the need to keep uh, talking and asking them questions to, to keep the conversation rolling. But uh, this is great. And, yeah, I mean, you know, especially a guy like Burnham, who spent a lot of time in Chicago, and he and I got to know each other quite well. And Norton and I go way back 10 years now when I think about it. So uh, it was an uh, old home week for uh, those two guys and a brand-new uh, relationship meeting Ming Doyle. And I look forward to hopefully having her on a full-fledged word balloon. But I hope you'll enjoy this informal sketch-off conversation at Cincy Comic-Con. We present it now on Word Balloon. God, this is like Richard Dawson's first day at Family Feud. How does this work? Which one am I? <laughs> they may not. They Excellent. May not. Hello, love. All right, great. Grabbed. Or I could be uh, Gene Rayburn on uh, Match Game. Dumb Dora is so dumb. How dumb is she? No, it's not. Everything Dora's looking at me like, what? Who is this jerk? Who is and, this jerk? Like, yeah, because these guys know, unfortunately, what kind of jerk I am. Hi, Meg. It's a pleasure to meet you, honestly. My name is uh, John Sontras. I, I host a podcast called Word Balloon. And... Um, I know two of our panelists, and it's really not that much of a thrill for me to be next to them, but it is incredibly wonderful to finally meet truly a great uh, artist and writer that is just kicking ass in comics. It's Ming Doyle, everybody. I want to introduce her first. Thank you. I wasn't expecting you to be serious at all. I'm, I'm, I'm half serious, well, at least in terms of my appreciation for your work. Not until we actually see it on screen, and then I'll judge it appropriately. Oh. But, uh, no, we also have two amazing artists as well. Uh, right next to me, we've got a guy who's been uh, collaborating with uh, all of my favorite writers and continues to impress me as his work evolves. It's Chris Burnham, everybody. Ooh, yeah. 
and the guy that I've known the longest on this panel, but he's, he still t manages to tolerate me, and his work continues to evolve, and he impresses me with his original ideas and uh, when he does corporate comics as well, but we like the original stuff. It's Mike Norton, ladies and gentlemen. So you all know how these things work. You know actually better than I do. I know that uh, we will, uh, it, again, is it is it that we're getting uh, examples from the audience? Or? Yeah, this is a good thing. Yeah, you That's, lay down It's probably some. best for Chris. <laughs> no horses. Probably. No horses. No cars. Lay down no cars. Some litany of things that he can't draw. All right, yeah, exactly. Mr. refuses to draw the following. We'll go there. All right. <laughs> Do you guys have enough uh, sketchy stuff to start with? Okay, good. I've got more if we need it. Um, I won't sketch. I'm just, <laughs> nobody needs to see the, my, uh, if Unless Burnham demands I do it, then I will. But um, So, yes, yeah, should we take suggestions from the audience? Okay, we're good. Do some All right, so show of hands of uh, a request of a, of a character you'd like to see the Thanks three of these excellent nice. artists sketch. They're, they are geniuses. Ma'am, you're first, please. Nightcrawler, all right. The call is called gone out for I so. literally just saw Burnham tell somebody hey, tell Ray Fox he does not see the appeal of Nightcrawler <laughs> on the way up here. So I love that suggestion. I will totally do it. Do we need a do reference? It. Do I need so, to strike a pose? Well, no, are we do so are we doing serious do drawings or I mean I'll draw a nightcrawler. I, all right, there you go. Can, is there is there a time limit or do I have to time this? Do we all draw the same thing? All right. Yeah. So. Okay. But there's no, no time limit in that as far as they're drawing, you know, quickly or not. How, how long are you? I, I wonder how quick the quick sketch needs to be. How long are those quick sketches you do at your table, Burnham? I do them in five minutes. Five minutes? Whoa, damn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, I mean, often they'll take six minutes. But <laughs> We could make it ten Okay, let's all just draw in complete silence now. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I guess <laughs> I'm this is where I'm supposed to fill as well. Oh, you're filming. Oh, so, or fill, yeah. yes, and you're being oh, wow. filmed That's while I'm... That's better than what I was thinking was There you happen. go. <laughs> See, Kara's helping me from the bed. This is awesome. Go ahead. No, please. Absolutely. Take the opportunity. We've got the three artists, and uh, they're, they're doing wonderful things. Are you guys able to answer while you're drawing? Is that okay? Because I can ask questions as well if I, people are shy or walking up to the microphone. To think about. I think we could do it. <laughs> Excellent. Maybe. So, Ming, I want to tell you right off the bat how much I love the kitchen. Oh, thank you. Truly. Absolutely. No, I've been, I, I, I hope that, and I won't, uh, forgive me for putting you on the spot because you can refuse, but I, I hope you'll come on the podcast soon and uh, talk about that. And wow. Also, your, your, I know, yeah, I, I know, yeah. If big, I refuse, I sound well, awful. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Hon. Second prize is, uh, you know, coming back for a second interview. Yeah, no, no uh, of course. I'd love to talk about The Kitchen for anyone who doesn't know is a miniseries I just wrapped up at Vertigo. 1970s crime drama about three Irish mob wives in Hell's Kitchen who take over their husband's rackets after they're put away for being bad men. So what? it's a, you know, girl, terrible, power, awesome, fall from grace. No, it's very cool. 70s New York. Mm -hmm. I love it. Man. Flares, hair, <laughs> don't <What>? care. <laughs> God, are, seriously, are movie people coming to you? I, I, I can't believe this story hasn't been explored beyond your guys' comic, and I can't think of something that exists 
Yeah, no, um, no, no movie. I think it would be amazing as like an HBO miniseries or something. Is my face like in this microphone? I'm sorry. No, you do. <laughs> no, and you know. Um, I think it would be amazing. Like the reason I signed up for it was that there, I read the script and it was so cinematic. I was like, I'm ready to roll on this. I can see how it's going to look already. And then I tried to draw it and I was like, oh, it does not look as good as it did as the movie in my head. <laughs> I was thinking it, but that's everything. That's always the yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Burnham, how's uh, how's Nameless uh, been? Uh, slowly but surely, we're we're getting there. The, uh, the the fifth issue comes out in, I'm not sure if it's this Wednesday or next Wednesday, but I think I think it's the best comic I've ever done. So Nameless is cool. It's <laughs> collaboration with uh, Graham Morrison. Yeah, it's four issues in. Yeah, it's super weird, you know, sci-fi horror thing. And yet, honestly, the, this fifth issue, reading, you know, getting the uh, the letter as proof. Normally, I get to proof the script. And then uh, you know, I, I'll, you know, bust uh, Grant's balls about you know grammar and dumb things, and then it'll go to the letterer. But this time it went straight to the letterer. So uh, when I, you know, got to see it all, you know, go, all, you know, all lettered up, the printer's proof was the first time I'd ever, you know, seen the script. And man, it's a really good comic. And, like, I, really I honestly, good. I got so wrapped up in it that I honestly forgot what was going to happen next. When I spent you know three months drawing the stupid thing, and I honestly couldn't remember what was going to happen next. It was awesome. So you're working with Grant Morrison, and you tried to hustle a sketch out of me. <laughs> hey, I was I was fully aware this Nixon's Palace thing wasn't going to sell well enough to pay you, and I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ask me to do it over email? And I, I never think respond- so. Yeah. yeah, I never respond to email, so I'm sorry. That's no, well, <laughs> don't worry. It worked out. I, yeah, I guilted. Uh, I think I guilted Nathan Fairbairn into doing it. I also paid him nothing. <laughs> How to make friends and influence people in comics. <laughs> yeah. <Cool. laughs> Into it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't realize that... Uh, I don't know what I thought when I thought Sketch Battle. I thought we were going to be drawing on whiteboards, like, gigantic. But that's what I thought, too. So honestly. I didn't bring any of my art supplies, so this is just Sharpie. <laughs> it looks great. No, honestly. I, this you is know, a good idea. Look at that. I see Mike's now. All three. Oh, there's going to be three fine pieces uh-huh. here, folks. You are really lucky. I'm only doing it in pencil. Wow. That's all I'm doing. Okay. Pencil. Take that. <laughs> they look lovely. Mike, how's uh, the world of revival going? I know you're in your, like, kind of the last third of the story. Oh, definitely. Okay. Um, I'm working on 34 now. There will be 48 issues when it's all done. There you go. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> so many issues. <laughs> um, and we are at the the point where uh, everything hits the fan now. Ah, oh, there you go. So it's going to be chaos in Wausau for the next year and a half. Very Lots cool. Lots of dead people running around and maybe eating people. We haven't decided yet. Maybe some maybe some actual zombieage. Lots of people dying in horrible ways. Excellent. Very cool. And Ming uh, writing Constantine? Yep. Co-writing it with James Tynan. Very nice. The fourth. Indeed. JT4. JT4. JT2Q4U is what I like to call him. <laughs> JTIV. Yeah. 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 He's the best. He's great. No, that's it's very fun. We're, um, we're wrapping up the, we're starting the script for issue eight, but I think that number four is just coming out uh, this Wednesday, maybe? This Makes week? sense. Okay. This week? Yeah. It's real dark. 
It's wicked dark. You're going to like it. I'm not hip to the kids' lingo. What is dark? It's wicked dark. <laughs> oh, dark. It's dark. All right. Comics yeah. dark. All right. I'm like sorry. Yeah, the Boston's coming out of you. All right. I the guarantee East Coast, it. It's dark. It's very dark. Yeah. Dark wing duck. What? Yeah. I mean, what's the problem? Exactly. It's wicked dark. What do you want, kid? <laughs> oh, what do you hope to find here? Any questions for the uh, for the for the uh, panel, folks? If not, you can just enjoy with them watch, watching them draw. Look at that. This is like terrible, Bob Ross. <laughs> it's like, all right, you take your sharpie and you draw the little demonic curl. <laughs> God, it's almost like looking in a mirror, looking at because are we all so, drawing the same? No, thing? honestly, no. Minx is Minx is a, is an interesting headshot, but like, no, there's just similarities. Obviously, the same character, but uh, it's interesting because I never think of. Yours and Mike's style as being similar, ever. Oh yeah, see, they're drawing like I'm dynamic action shots. We're, we're both drawing John Byrne drawings, probably. Oh, probably. And I'm just <laughs> I'm drawing like the Teen Beat Nightcrawler. So it's true. <laughs> With a dream date with Nightcrawler. So pretty. Actually, my very first published um, work for Marvel was an eight-page Nightcrawler story written by G. Willow Wilson and their Girl Comics Initiative. That they oh did yeah, a few yeah. Years ago. Uh, so wow, I'm coming back home, Kurt. Very cool. I missed you, baby. <laughs> those are really good. Those girls, girl comics and stuff. And I'm glad that what? you know things are, have progressed. That we don't need the title. Um, and you guys can actually just do comics. They're interesting. Bit. So I don't know what exactly was it for Marvel's like 70th anniversary or something. That sounds right. Yeah, it was for their 70th anniversary or something. They were um just emphasizing the role of women in comics as many companies have been doing lately mm-hmm. and so they had girl comics and the the whole shtick or the deal there was that everyone who worked on the comic was a woman so it was all the editors were women the writers the pencilers inkers letters colorists everything maybe the people who assembled it in the factory were not women but <laughs> on the that production side so it was all that and um honestly i think because it focused only on women, that's the only reason I got in there, obviously, because it was, like, the year right after art school, and I didn't know how to draw wow. comics at all, and they were just, like, scraping, they were looking everywhere, they're like, where is a woman who draws comics, there's ten of you, okay, get in here. Well, but that was, you know, that's the cool thing, is that they kind of gave you guys, a like, a jump start. I mean, like, you know, I... Yeah. I, I you, that's I awesome. it, you know. If <laughs> no, and I even I remember Colleen Coover and Catherine Immerman did a Shamrock story. Yeah, they were in there, and um, my Lucy Nisley, who did this cute shirt, Mike's wearing, also did a story, but I totally forget what it's, which character it was. It, it had food in it. Probably it had food in it. <laughs> it maybe it was like a beautiful travel log. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It was good. That's cool. I like it when uh, companies do those more freeform kind of projects like uh, DC would do like the Bizarro World anthology absolutely or just yeah Dorkin and I were talking about that yeah man yeah absolutely. they would just get indie creators in there to do whatever they want with the characters and I enjoy that so the G. Willow Wilson story with Nightcrawler I did it was just like Nightcrawler was in a German cabaret and a woman was singing a song in German and then he had to I don't know like kiss her and punch a guy and <laughs> That's how that goes. Was a very Blue Angel, very Dietrich. Uh, yeah, it was cool. exceedingly. That's and I awesome. drew lots of smoke to cover up how I didn't know any anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still doing that to this day. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, man. 
is, is is it getting better, Ming? I, I don't want this to all be just you know the one subject and everything, but I am you know like. What, my anatomy? Are you getting... No, I'm sorry. <laughs> the opportunities to write and draw for women is... I mean, is the industry listening and, and responding? Oh, oh, my God. Wow, I really yeah. yelped there. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, it was... It, I think it's undeniably there's a ton more um, women working in comics. I mean, there's always been... Sure. Women, but like even just in the last ten years, I think the numbers really... And maybe even more of an aggressive or an active mm. search for... New voices and uh, new, you know. Yeah, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. Hey, well, that's fair. <laughs> no, hey, man. It's yeah. It's yeah. Good your fun. own, just your own point of view. Yeah, I have. I have quite a few friends who are women who are drawing comics, and I'm happy about it. Cool. Three very impressive night crawlers, very, very close to uh, completion. I finish. I win. Wow, you're the best one. Drop hug on it. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's so dreamy. <laughs> so dreamy and covered he, in blue. He is fur. the most handsome of the three. Yours is absolutely. I have to follow my muse and do what it tells me to do. I was uh, talking to one of my friends yesterday because they were. Some of my artist friends were ribbing me and giving me a hard time about how I draw so many hunksters. And I was just like, listen, you know, I'm filling a niche here. There's enough cute lady pinups. I gotta get the boy pinups in here for everyone. That a girl. That's right. <laughs> so that being said, swing by my table, I'll be to something. Ming's cute boy emporium. <laughs> He's not happy that he's teleporting. Oh! <laughs> he's so cute. <laughs> he's leaving. Adorable baby. <laughs> Seriously, I know. He, like that. The that's the natural pug reaction. It's those eyes. It's those soulful eyes. How can you not refuse? Here's them? a trick about pugs. The uh, the happier they look, the more miserable they are. Is that so, true? Yeah, you, yeah. you would if know. They look at, if you ever look at a pug and it's looking up to you, it's like smiling, his tongue's hanging out. That dog is miserable. He's trying to breathe and he's really hot. That's Aww. why he looks like that. When they, when they look like this and they look very sad, they are the happiest they've ever been. <laughs> they, they, they have reverse expressions. That's so cute. <laughs> no, I'm, I've become a squealing man-child whenever I'm near Mike's pugs because they are, they're adorable. Special hugs and kisses issue with Nightcrawler. <laughs> That's uh, nice. awesome. Nice. They're, they're, they're wrapping up, yeah, folks. It's about done. Soon we will make the drawing. Nailed it. Yeah, you, all right, we're good? All right, here we go. In, in no particular order. Oh, you got more tickets to uh, put in the thing? By all means. Let's give everybody a chance here. Those two stragglers? You can allow those two stragglers. That's the cutoff. Anybody else who walks in, it's too late for this round for Nightcrawler. So there you go. You just made it, boys. Amanda, everyone, taking your tickets, helping us out today. Fantastic. This one is for Norton's Nightcrawler with Pug included. And this is for ticket. Oh, my God. So did you. All right, so everybody's got three, two, five. So it's five fifty. Looking for five fifty, everybody. There we go. Stand up. 
There you go. Congratulations. You got Mike Norton's Pugtastic uh, Nightcrawler. Oh, there we go. Nice Starfleet uh, outfit there from the medical staff. Dr. Bashir is waiting for you. <laughs> sure. Science division, excuse me. That's true. You got the ears. Shame on me. Spock is waiting on level three. That's clearly a TNG uniform and Bashir was from DS9. But the, but the, oh, nice. Well, they had the same uniforms for like 10 seconds. In the first couple seasons, I'm throwing down with you, Doyle. I gotta, right. I'm going to disagree with you. All right, fine. But I respect that. You're right. It is a next-gen uh, inf- uh, thing. All right, here we go. And I swear to God, random 560. 560. Ah, oh, there we go. Nice. That's for Mings. These special hugs. And, unless you, uh, you know, is all right, Mings? Yeah, there you go. So you get it with the hearts. There you go, man. So you can have Nightcrawler above your bed and just dream about him. Fantastic. If you weren't doing that already. Exactly. Too late. All right, here we go. All right, I'm going to find something that's so it's not that same side of the room. Hold on a minute. Wait a minute. He got paid off. It's just the people on the right. <laughs> five, five, four, eight. Always happy when it's a kid. There you go, dude. Congratulations. Fantastic. All right, good, good first round. Good, good <laughs> suggestion. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, okay, somebody raise a hand. Oh, right there, Miss Harley Quinn. Fantastic. Everyone's favorite little mix. Get in the ring, Norton. <laughs> I always forget which side is red. So, and, and, and technically, it could be um, Arkham Asylum Harley. It could be your classic uh, animated series Harley. Well, I'm going I'm to let the artists uh, like have their way with it and let them decide look it up. whichever it way. To look it up? What's the woman's name that's going to play her in Suicide Squad? I forget. Thank you, Margot Robbie. Fantastic. Right away. You know, Suicide Squad trailer... I, don't get me wrong, I'm interested. I started a exactly. It's like, yeah, there's nothing funny in that trailer. Even that sad, killing, suicidal, I started a joke. But yeah, I'm like, Suicide Squad, come on, where's the funny? Give me the funny. There's probably funny. I'm sure there is, it's just not in that first trailer. Because Warner Brothers had to rush it out because of all those jerks with smartphones that were in Hall H recording it. Damn you. Damn you, Twitter. Foiled again. Doyled again. Doyled again. Awesome. (laughs) Cute. You mean the packing lot after? (laughs) I'm digging the the Boston thing, packing lot. Well, I was just, I, the night before I came here, I watched the first half of Goodwill Hunting for the first time since it came out in theaters. Parents are both from Boston, but neither of them have the accent, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. I had the accent as a little kid, oh, really? um, and then people made a lot of fun of me, so I stopped <laughs> speaking like that. I know. It was really... I used to be like, hey, guys, I got a wicked good idea. How about we go out in the backyard and play gnomes? <laughs> gnomes? gnomes? <laughs> yeah, because David the gnome. It was wicked big on Nickelodeon. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Chicago hasn't seeped into Norton's uh, accent yet. He's still got... No, I can't. I can't shake uh, Tennessee. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You sound so much sometimes like Dr. Andrew Kunkka. Dr. Andrew who? Andy Kunkka, do you know him? No. He does a podcast also, which I'm trying to remember the name of, but he's like a, one of my pal Kevin Church's friends. Oh. Uh-huh. He's from that area, I think. You can't be a comic book podcaster and not imitate Mike Norton. 
I know this for your, a fact. He was your imitation of me is terrible. I don't agree. Do it. I, I think I do great posts. That is Mr. Haney from Green Acres. I, it is. It is. By way of Don Knotts, it is. It is. I don't think that's true. <laughs> Burnham can do his weird Pittsburgh thing. Nah. What is a Pittsburgh accent? Pitts- I don't know Pittsburgh accent is a Chicago accent, except you sound like you have brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, uh, I love actors like uh, Robert Forrest, who talks with a very, what seems to be a very Chicago accent, but he's like from like Lake Placid, New York. He's like, yeah, it's that whole Great Lakes thing. They out, they, we out pack like this. Wow. <laughs> so do oh, it, Burnham. Do it. Yeah, do I, your Pittsburgh I, I Burnham. I don't know what to say. Um, you just did. Yeah, you ain't going down there. You scan Don Chauncey's. <laughs> See? Oh, it's that, it's that Western Pennsylvania like Dave Wanstead. Just you get know. hit in the head with uh, a television set? <laughs> you guys say Warsh? Warsh. Some people do. Like, that's... Like, like Ditka. Ditka's Western Pennsylvania, too, I believe. Yeah, he's, like, he's... I think he's actually from Pittsburgh. <laughs> I know. That's so cute. <laughs> Oh man, that's cheating! I gotta separate myself from you guys. That's not fair at all. Nobody wants the same three pictures. Harley Pug. <laughs> I'm smiling because I'm in pain. This guy knows how to draw one thing. That's true. <laughs> it's a motif. It's all right. <laughs> oh, I wish I'd brought pens. <laughs> I got some pens. I was gonna say, yeah. You got? You want some zebras? Oh man! Hit me with Say, isn't that nice? Hit me with your Z brush. <laughs> Boom! Benatar. <laughs> Never invited to my karaoke jams. <laughs> so super adorable. Have any of you had to draw her professionally? I did one time on one of the uh, Villains Month covers a couple years ago. Okay. With that's that's the, with the new Fifty Two like, you know corset with the cleavage and all that stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the Arkham. The Arkham basic outfit. Yeah, right, right, right. Mike, did you ever have to draw for like no, Unity or anything I, like that? I was or? trying to think. I, or Trinity? Yeah, she never was in any of the stories I did. Okay, because, yeah, I was going to say, like, if there was anything that you drew that had most of the DCU characters, I was, I was thinking, doing mostly, like, Earth 2 characters in my stories. Because in, in the... Uh, the Trinity series, they there was like a reshaped universe, so they were all different. But yeah, I didn't get any of the street level characters. Those kind of went to uh, Scott McDaniel. Okay. Okay. I got the weird stuff like uh, Adam Strange and. Martian Manhunter and all that stuff. Wow. I'm impressed with the detail that we're getting for these quick sketches. I gotta tell you from all three of you. Thanks, Johnny. Truly. We learned how to draw. Ah. Are you guys doing the wet look? The wet look? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, The wet look? I don't know what that means. Uh, I know what that means because uh, I follow some fashion blogs on the tumblers. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And apparently wet look is like the kind of pleather where it looks like it's soaking wet, shiny and stuff. Oh, right. Um, I don't know. And that's the preferred Harley Quinn outfit of like an Alex Ross. But a Bruce Tim, I think, does, you know, traditional. I don't think it applies on a poke. Well, 
It's a wet pug. Look. Just makes you think that it's a pug in that vinyl outfit. Now, Precious, you look at the camera and smile. My wife buys lots of costumes for the dogs. Really? Uh I'm anti-clothes on dogs. Well, ever since you told me Mo, uh, your other part, there's Ninja and Mo. And you had him as Mo. Did, did Katie Cook draw him as Modoc? Yep. Oh. He's, he's named after Modoc. And that's what I thought. Wait, really? That's why. Yeah, Was, I mean, Julie named him. His official name is Mo Vengeance. Mo <laughs> Vengeance, exactly. That's I what I remember. Said, well, I'm just going to call him Modoc. And we both do. His name's Mo. Why Mo Vengeance? I don't know. I, I've honestly tried to figure out why she named him that. He's in a Chuck Norris uh, film watching stage. She's, so. If you ask her, she says, that sounds funny. And that's, well, True. that's good enough for me. Mo Vengeance. True that. No. I gave her this like long this list. Mm-hmm. Of superhero names, and she said, "That's too nerdy. That's stupid." And then she named him Mo Vengeance. <laughs> Squeak almost sounds like Mortimer Ichabod Marker. Anyone? What? I don't know what you just said. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, well, I'm sitting right next to you, so I do understand you, but I just like that they're like, what? <laughs> and just that you did fall in love with that squeak, and you just lean down to your, 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 your marker even harder. And it's like nails on a chalkboard, but I but you're drawing, so it's okay. I'm gonna, I'm, you know, like, I love that squeak. Throbbing on the vein of my, my forehead. I want him to talk more Pittsburgh. I ain't talking to Pittsburgh around her. Come on, they're beating the Cubs, not to switch this up to baseball. Figures the Cubs have like a great, great year, and there were two teams in the same same division having even better years, the Cardinals and the, and the Pirates. But it'll be a race for that wild card, sir. Wow, I haven't followed the Pirates since like... They're good this since year. Since like the Andy Van Slyke era, so it's been a long, long time. <laughs> like 25 years ago, it's really good. They're really good this year, man. Back when Barry Bonds was still with the team? Mm-hmm. And thin, yeah, pre-steroids, and Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla, I remember him. If I could do my hair carry for two seconds. I thought you were doing Will Ferrell. <laughs> Will Ferrell doing? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Another went, went to the real source exactly. I gotta really stop doing this pug related. <laughs> It's so cute. One, Leave it. one trick pony. Well, that's why people got to get I draw a comic more. about zombies, too, if you want to. <laughs> it's got pit bulls and dachshunds in it. It doesn't have any pugs. I don't think that's getting any better. I think that's done. I think you did good. One down, two to go. Oh. <laughs> what are you doing up? <laughs> Nothing. All <laughs> <laughs> right. He can't be combing his hair that long. 
I'm keeping it clean. It's, you know, it's all right. <laughs> People who know know, and everyone obscure. else can just keep it to themselves. It's quite all right. I'm, I'm coloring inside the lines. It's all right, man. That sucked. <laughs> Stupid. Five more minutes, really? Oh shoot! So we're only gonna have time for one more drawing. Well, we or or even or maybe not. Wrap it up. Well, oh, I'm sorry, kids. Only we, two. We blew it. Aww. Aww. We're slow. I'm sorry. Sorry, okay. everyone. Well, it's, I, I guess it's up to them. If okay, we, like yeah, let's try to get leads. Yeah, let's let's try for one more round. Because yeah, I'd feel bad if there was only oh, yes, six so drawings and everything. Yeah. We so, do it. You know. That's nice. Thank you, Bill. Bill Haters, everybody. That's all right. He's a good man. Good man. Good man. So, yeah, you know, if, and obviously, please, you don't have to hear my off-color remarks as people erase their, their work. You, can, you know, if you guys have questions, please. You Look at have, that. You must have gotten that before. <laughs> no, I actually haven't. <laughs> I've never heard. Well, that's why I've never heard a racer erasing sound like that before. That's why I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. It's not a. That's great. Thanks, because in my brain, I'm a crime fighter in Gotham, and I got her. <laughs> I got her. And I don't know what the pug is dreaming of, but I like it. Oh, it's so cute. Is that the Joker? Is that like a little tiny joker? Yeah, I guess. Mr. J. Suntress, what I want you to do... Please. I'm here for your amusement. All the old spaghetti westerns have the worst audio quality. And at the studio, you can't even listen to them because you really have to focus on the visual. Like, even the most are super boring until the exciting parts. So you just want to kind of listen for the, you know, wait for the exciting stuff. But the audio is so crummy, you can't even tell what's going on. I would like you... To dub those things over. Oh, I'd be happy all by to. yourself. I would love to do that. <laughs> I'd like you to do everything. That's a good idea. You know, I, I honestly, I loved, um, SCTV did that with an episode of the Cisco Kid, and they redubbed it with all crazy voices and stuff, and it was hilarious. I would love to do that. That's a good idea, Bruno. Cool. I got to find some, like, public domain, like a movie that, like, fell out so that, you know, mm-hmm. YouTube doesn't, like, immediately cancel right. <laughs> my, my ambition. One of your Yeah, sure. Are we good? This one's yeah. not as Excellent. They're slick, so it's hard to do. All right. All right. I think, I think whoever gets the... Are we good, Amanda? We got everybody? I think, okay. I think they should choose rather than you tell them which, who gets what. Ooh. Oh, you really? You, all right. You want to do it that way? Okay. I mean, you know, yeah. I just want, you know. All right. Fair enough. That's fine. That's a good idea. So that way we can really get Bruce okay. goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say, nobody wants... <laughs> say, there's my... There's my like, no, I'm really looking forward to getting picked last of this time. <laughs> Okay, 513. 513. Ah, sir, congratulations. And I, buy, I always bow to the will of the panel, so yes, you get your, you get your choice. All right. Ah, you're taking the Burnham. I win. I'll take the Burnham. <laughs> He's been trying to get a sketch from me all weekend. Uh, Very nice. So now he gets one for free. You do win. Still waiting for Marshall Man. All right. All right, sweet. <laughs> Number two. 558. Ah, there we go. Congratulations, sir. 4. You lose, Mike Norton. 
The final one is Mike Norton's 497. Sorry. And it looks like 497. <laughs> ah, the Riddler got it. <laughs> Appropriate. You get the pug. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So we have time for one more. Wait one sec. Yeah, but didn't he want a sketch? If you want a sketch, I'd rather he not uh, uh, suggest one because you want a sketch already, my man. So I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to call on you. I for, forgive me. Um, God, there's no uh, Well, we did two women. All right, sir, the gentleman right there in the blue. Yes, please. Speak up. What's that? What? Jar Jar Banks? Charizard from Pokemon. Oh, Char Charizard from Pokemon. I, I. That's what. That's what you stumped the gun for, right? Yeah. What is that? Charizard from Pokemon. I, I, I will allow the panel to. If, 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 if you're not into it, it's up to you guys. You are the internet. How can you not know Pokemon? I don't know it either. I, kind of, I kind of sense an unease over that suggestion. So, uh, if well. I'm, no, I'm sorry. It's only one guest, so we're gonna have to move on to somebody else. How many else. people the, the, want the, the, the gentleman in the, the well? Yeah, is well, I mean, is there a demand for Charizard from Pokemon? Uh, uh, one guy? No, not really. All right, gentleman in the uh, camouflage hat behind you. I'm, I'm sorry. There, go ahead. Favorite Looney Tunes character? Oh, I know who that is. Well, two of you said yes, so Norton, you're stuck. I'm gonna bow to the will. I'm gonna bow to the will of the uh, the, the majority. It just seemed like they really weren't. Into, I'm sorry, they, were, they didn't seem to be into the Pokemon. I apologize. Who is my favorite Lincoln's? I'm never coming to another sketch that Suntress MCs again. Pugs Bunny, genius. <laughs> and suddenly is intrigued. I can do that. I know how to draw that. It sounds like him, doesn't it? Come on. This is going to be so horrifically off model. That's all right. Like, um, huh. I honestly, I really love when they take a character. Like, there was something with like if Lola Bunny from uh, Space Jam. Oh God. Well, I mean, I'm fine, and I understand, and it, you know, I'm not like perving on it or anything like that. But I, and I'm sorry, that was the only. <laughs> it's the on it. It's the only. It's the only example that immediately came to mind. But no, I like when. Oh my God. They take a cartoony character and make him look real, or vice versa. I, I, you know, if I could think of a, a, you know, non-sexualized one, I would. But wow. Clearly, that's where my mind. Suddenly, Ming Doyle will not be doing my Gross. podcast. Either. Well, I just, just I oh, groan. We're done. This conversation is over. I just groan because I uh, have had to watch Space Jam more than anyone should. That I can appreciate. Really? It's so much worse than you remember. It is really insipid. In no, your I mind, don't. you're just like, oh yeah, Space Jam, and you remember. What are you kind of doing fondly. with your life that you've ever had to watch it? Yeah, unfortunately, I married the internet. I was like, <laughs> I am not the internet myself, but my husband is a real big memester. <laughs> The golf scene is funny with uh, Jordan and uh, Larry uh, Bird and uh, Bill Murray. Yeah, funny. Well, it's five minutes, five minutes but I, I like that. I've, I've never seen it. And I'm in sports. I used to be in Chicago radio uh, sports for 15 years, so I, I've got Where plenty of Jordan. Nice. <laughs> for the purposes of the local crowd, you know Burnham. Burnham knows. But do you know anything about boxing, John? <laughs> Covered boxing for 20 years. Truly. Was not interested in that Mayweather fight last night at all, honestly. I Terrible. just watched uh, Rocky for the first time this year. Yeah, you're doing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Mm-hmm. 
I, the first one, the first one's a good '70s movie. I'll stand by the first movie, and even Rocky II. Yeah. But it's pretty much Requiem for a Heavyweight rehash well, with I a watched, happy ending. Was it? Ro- Ro- can I spoiler alert sure. the movie this old? Does was he... it Rocky three or four where Apollo dies? Bit, hey, it's all right. Are you kidding? What are you talking about? They're making the the Creed movie in November about his grandson. I know. Which I am psyched for. Is it his grandson or his son? Son. It is his son. Because it would, yeah, you're right. Anyway, I hated that. That was so sad. <laughs> Apollo was my favorite character. No matter what. I love that movie. Carl Weathers, man. He was a yeah. great former football player. Oh, former man. L.A. Raider. Mm, Predators. Predator, of course. Action Jackson, for God's sake. As Chief Action Ball Jackson is. isn't that good a movie. Oh, no, no yeah, exactly. But, you know. Oh, another one thing. As a fan of Action more Jackson, of I have to. <laughs> he has to put the qualifier on it. I am, I am psyched for Creed, though. Creed looks great. It does. And, it, and you know, like, the first two movies are good. Three and four are cheese for Rocky. Five is terrible. But being someone that was in the boxing world and covering boxing, a lot of my writer friends and a lot of fighter friends are actually in that movie. And uh, six is good. Six redeemed the franchise again, and I'm psyched for I'm psyched for Creed because yeah, Michael Michael B. Jordan, the actor, it looks like very he's going to be a very good uh, young Creed. So I'm, I'm psyched. All right, I've gone off reservation with this one. <laughs> Mike is not convinced. We'll watch it on DVD. Next no, I'm not year. talking about that. I'm talking about I've his art. Gone crazy. Oh, excuse me. Ooh, I like Ah Burnham. I like what you're drawing. I'm going to blow up the Earth. It obstructs my view of Venus. Are you doing... Uh, um, we're both doing Marvin the Martian. Oh, really? Yeah, it makes sense. That's great. That's awesome. Dueling Marvins. And I'm doing Marvin riding Charizard. Oh, they see, there you go. Nice little Missouri compromise. I like that. Very good, man. <laughs> I don't know what kind of pug Mike's drawing. I'm not, I'm not drawing a pug. All right, at a point. I'm drawing my favorite character. I'm drawing a French bulldog, damn it. <laughs> this, is, this is actually my favorite character uh, ever, not just uh, Looney Tunes. And you'll see what it is when I'm done. I'm excited. Oh, man, I hope it's the, uh, the abominable snowman that you look just like. <laughs> Gee, it's hot. <laughs> That's the one. I will pet him and name him George. I love that. It's so weird. I uh, I read you know uh, of mice and men like ten years ago. Just, and, and that book is unreadable. If if you've seen if you saw if you saw the one the cartoon first, I yeah, can appreciate it's, that. It's, you, yeah, Lenny and George's story is very different. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. Gosh, it's hot. My favorite obscure Looney Tunes character is uh, the big uh, guard in the Arabian Nights one, Hassan Chop. That's all he says to Daffy. Oh Daffy. yeah, that's right. Oh, there you go. Mike Norton doing a self-portrait of as, no, a, as no, his own... No, uh, no, no, it's not me. Oh, it's so cute. You'll see. Hold on, boy. We should do a, a prison movie with all the Looney Tune characters and Foghorn Leghorn could be the warden. <laughs> we got failure to communicate, boy. Aww. That's some Marge Simpson going on over there. <laughs> Actually, it's Patty and Selma. It's, there's more cigarettes in that. <laughs> when she has to fake Homer's name on the marriage license. I'm doing, like, historically accurate armor, Marvin the Martian. <laughs> Historical, historically accurate to Mars? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
for the first dynasty, this first uh, uh, Martian dynasty. It's true. Yeah, pre-Ming. Well, I guess that was Mongo. That's true. Oh, you're talking about the Merciless. I was actually I was talking about uh, Norton's uh, Foghorn Leghorn, but that's oh. all right. We could do Marvin the Martian uh, doing uh, I Claudius and things like that. Do Roman or Rome? I say, Nero, what what became of those slaves? Does yeah. anybody in here know who James Mason? Nobody is? knows who James Mason is. That's right. John does commercials in Chicago for like all the uh, like for like three stations or something, right? Yes, yeah, the Hard Rock Station and two soft contem- yeah, adult so, contemporaries. So all the uh, all the generic commercials that can't afford to make their own like fancy commercials, they pay John to uh, to read the copy. It's true. And so driving around Chicago, you hear him at, at all hours doing commercials for the most random things. At ChicagoLiposuction.com. I, I swear to God. And John, wow. does, John doesn't remember Very this, not, but yeah, he did a commercial for a, a, a vaginal steam cleaning one time. That's not a thing. <laughs> it is absolutely a thing. It's not a thing. It is 100% a thing, and you definitely did it. You 100% did it. Vaginal steam I'm cleaning. serious. It's a real thing. Well, it must have been. Well, I do. We do get medical case studies where it's like if you had. It might have been one of those class no. action suits no, for a for a contraception device. I, I won't go into de- graphic I know exactly detail. What it was. <laughs> if you suffered from this condition, please call this number and be part of a case study. You'll wow. receive medication, transportation to and from the doctor's office. That's good. <laughs> Latour. <laughs> it's Foghorn Leghorn with Latour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a thing called Spider-Gwen with Robert Rodriguez. That's good, man. You should take a picture of that for the Twitters. I will. Yeah, really? Yeah, so Jason can punch you when he sees you. That's good. He's got, he does have Latour's classic short sleeve check shirt on, too, as well. <laughs> that is great. That, that is a Jason Latour outfit. Clothes provided by Jason I, I Latour. Get a picture of the people behind it so it really burns his eye. <laughs> That's a really good idea, man. He loves when you compare him. <laughs> I I really Genius! I'm going to tweet it right now. Do it. <laughs> I'm riding a winged beast. I'm doing like Art Nouveau. <laughs> Intense styling on Marvin here. In ten, in ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you went down the rabbit hole. Listen. They're running, rerunning Mystery Science Theater 3000 in Chicago, and they showed oh. one of the 60s. On PBS. Gladiator. Yes, on Channel yeah, 11, I, exactly, I our PBS station. For, like, well, you know, they ran Doctor Who, and it kind of you know fits in that milieu, especially old classic Doctor Who. And um, they were showing one of those 60s sword and sandals redub movies. That's it was another uh, Hercules. Can... You see, yeah, so... nor did I or why. Exactly, man. I have come from Thebes. I am seeking a battle. Nice. I tried to watch Hercules in New York. Oh, awesome. Arnold's first movie. Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger's first I did not movie. get very far. It's, it's and terribly his, dubbed. I am Hercules. Hello. What was his American name in that? Oh yeah, yeah, something I remember. Strong. Yeah. It was something strong. Yeah, Arnold yeah. Strong. It was Arnold Strong. Nice, good job. And Arnold Stang is in that movie too. Arnold Stang's in that movie. Yeah, that's a horrible movie. Wow, that's funny that both uh, to Arnold, him and uh, Big Lou Ferrigno both did Hercules movies. That's true. 
Oh, and that's another terrible movie. My God. That was a canon early 80s Lou Ferrigno movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Excellent documentary, Electric Boogaloo. I know. I just it. watched that. Where did you see it? I've been trying to... Did you buy it or did I rented it. Rented it where? D- a DVD? Where? But where? <laughs> where do you oh, um, what does that even mean? The, the, the DVD. <laughs> like I'm a four. I got off board and saw DVD. A, uh, a versatile disc? Like a, a mom and pop uh, DVD store that sells great like cult, oh, cult so movies. Oh, so you just got it, like, went into a store. And yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah, it's actually, it's right I by Challengers. It like on iTunes or something. Oh, no. I no. can buy it that way? But yeah, it's oh, called I Electric Boogaloo. I've been looking forward to that movie for a while. Yeah, it's a couple years old. It was like 2013, I think. I think. It's pretty good. Really funny. And God, it's like Sybil Danning today, and she looks amazing. And I mean, like those, all those people. Shabadoo. Right Shabadoo from Electric Boogaloo. You want to see him at 50? Here, here you go. I did. Doesn't he still like choreograph stuff? He might. Yeah, I don't know. He probably does. Probably. Are there a lot of breakdancing movies still in production? No, he can dance. Videos. Dance stuff. Yeah, he probably does videos and stuff. I keep up or with Disney. Shabadoo and Boogaloo Shrimp. Of course. I forgot about Boogaloo Shrimp. That's true. You can't mention one without Cynthia Rothrock. Yeah, that's all in that movies movie. I watched. Yep. Well, I know. Well, I know what happens at Four Star Studios. Absolutely, man. I have been. You know what I have been watching online on Amazon Prime and stuff. All the bad Fred Williamson action movies mm-hmm. in between original Gangster before and after. And man, there. I can't believe no one is making a comic book of his character Dakota. It's not Dakota North. That's the Marvel character. Dakota something, but everyone calls him Dak. And it is so classically bad. And everyone who's in like every bad 80s drama and sitcom are character actors in it and stuff. It's, oh, so good. Street Justice with Fred Williamson. (sighs) Wow. Man, Jesus. I made a mistake. I like it. No, but I like his armor and everything. Holy crap. Whoa, what? (laughs) Man. I'm just glorifying him. It's kind of got like a, an Aztec armor, as like you know. It's, uh, it's ancient aliens. Watch <laughs> <laughs> that show. <laughs> I, Obviously, I, I love that show. The Greek guy on there that uh, has George, his George Sukukok. Yeah, I'm Greek and I can't pronounce his name, so I don't even know. <laughs> but his hair looks like it came out of a Cuisinart. I mean, it makes Don King's hair look like normal. Yeah, I'm not. Which is I'm not saying it's aliens, but there are things that we don't know. These pyramids suddenly appear in the Amazon, and there is no explanation. It's, it's not that. Now you're just being self-racist. <laughs> no, it's my yeah, it's my own people. I can I can shit on my own people. It's all right. All right, all right. <laughs> Come on, and uh, Eric von Daniken, Chariots of the Gods. Yeah, I love that guy. I'm into all of that. Stuff. See, when I was see when I was a kid, those books were just coming out, blew my mind. And Rod Serling did the original Chariots of the Gods uh, narration for the documentary. Could these? I just found out recently that In Search of is a spinoff of uh, Chariots of the Gods. Yes, and In Search of that's the, the original With In Search Nimsy. of the, the Leonard Nimoy one, and you can see episodes on YouTube. They shot all that stuff in New York, and they'd find the like graveyards in New York, private graveyards or mansions to shoot all of those like intro and outro uh-huh. uh, Leonard Nimoy pieces. They're great. I love that show. I'm Leonard Nimoy. Let us look at mummification. It's too soon, and I miss him. Yeah, no kidding. I got to introduce him at a panel in uh, at an Orlando convention, mm. and it was seriously like nerd nerdgasm. Are you kidding me? My God, Spock, ladies and gentlemen. 
And he couldn't have been nicer, shook my hand. Nice introduction, son. That was really nice. Oh, like, he called you oh. son. Yeah, I'm like, thank you, sir. <laughs> I love you. Can I, can I go home with you? I would have. It's like, back off. I met uh, Nichelle Nichols at Phoenix Comic Con two years awesome. ago. That was like the only reason I went to that convention because I heard a Star Trek was going to be there. I wish, oh, you should have asked her how that thing doesn't fall out of her ear. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, but I uh, I paid to get I paid the forty dollars to get an autograph from her because like obviously that's and very reasonable. I waited actually. in line and she's she's hard of hearing, so you have to write down your name for her to write onto the personalized photograph, uh, so that you don't flip it on eBay. Sure. Um, so I wrote my name down and I went up to her and I said it to her and she looked at it and she's like, Ming, I like the way that fits on my tongue. <laughs> and I was like. Lieutenant! Thank you. Lieutenant Uhura! said my name. Oh my gosh. I'm with you. Communication standing by. Who, who are the uh, great uh, old uh, nerd heroes that you guys have met? Now, Ming and I have said ours, so who are, who are yours? Oh man, I don't know. I, I, I stopped. Shabadoo, obviously, from my I've I never met him. I stopped talking to those people. I would have, like, you know. 10, 15 years ago, I met the cast of Dawn of the Dead, and this was at the height of my Dawn of the Dead fandom when I cool. watched that movie like once or twice a week. Sure. Like, seriously. Wow. And and I was just like, I have nothing to say to these people. Like, what have you been doing for the last 30 years? Like, well, and you know, they're like, oh, I'm directing a lot. It's like, oh, God, that's awful. Like, he's direct- Nobody's he's killing directing- zombies on their own time? He's directing plays, like, in, in uh, you know, Pittsburgh. And I'm, I'm just, dude, that's fine. But, like, oh, God, it's just such a drag to talk to these guys. And uh, what's his name? Ken Faree is, like, you know, opening restaurants in, in L.A. and stuff. Apparently he's illiterate. Like, he can't read... <laughs> He can't read. So his I can't read my own menu. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, like uh, the people that opened the restaurant with him, like totally took this guy to the cleaners because he couldn't tell that he was being ripped off. Oh, <laughs> here's your check. I'm Is fairly, this a lot? Yes. I'm fairly sure that's at least slightly true. But yeah, I, uh, I like okay. I don't I don't need to talk to Gil Gerard. Like I don't I feel like that's going to be a drag. That's funny. And Mike, you met uh, the Last Dragon, right? I did. All right. <laughs> See, I knew you. I knew there was somebody in there. I was pretty happy about that. Uh, oh, nice. Timac. Look at, look at Norton. That's, that's, that's a lovely, that's a sad but lo- a very nice self-portrait. It, I thought it was the Hulk until I saw the word balloon above all it. Right, I think and sadly, I kind of think we're all done. All right, there we go. <laughs> yeah, all right, here we go. Last round, kids. And are we going to do uh, They Get to Choose? Sure. All right. So, I'll, I'll go with what Burnham, whatever Burnham says is final. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, 557. Damn, I'm sorry, man. I'm like shaking him up and everything. He's got a cane. Like there's a cluster. Oh, he's got a cane. And a, and a, and a cane. Yeah. Is it a sword cane? It might still be wet. Maybe. <laughs> nice. All right, that's good because customs needs to know if you plan to uh, make it to the other, across the border, sir. All right, hold on. Okay. Uh, really? 496. God, this like, I'm, guys, I'm shaking him up, I swear to God. 496. No? Oh, there you go. Congratulations. Very nice. Oh, I like the Snoopy sweaters. You want the tour or you want the Don? Okay. <laughs> Big making fun of the tour fan out there. 
All right. All right, here we go. Last one. 503. Oh, congratulations. Very nice, Mr. There you go. Excellent. Very nice. How about a hand of, uh, for everyone and, uh, it was a, and listening to our nonsense? Thank you very much. <laughs> That'll do it for today's Word Balloon. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, today, sponsored by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you, as always, for your fine support uh, through Patreon. If uh, you go to wordballoon.com, you can click on the Patreon link. It will take you uh, to the page where if you'd like to subscribe to Word Balloon, that's terrific. Word Balloon is free. It will always be free. But if you want to help out uh, the cause, if you can even spare as little as a dollar a month, even more, I certainly appreciate it. Uh, we've got a couple new uh, people that have uh, jumped on, and I thank you for your support and a couple return uh, panelists or uh, p- uh, League of Word Balloon listeners that are uh, re-signing up to, uh, to contribute more. Thank you. But uh, that's waiting for you at wordballoon.com. All the information is right there. Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. Great deals are happening now uh, on uh, great books. Things like uh, Archie's 75 Years, 75 Stories. That collection is 50% off and just $7.49. You can get Battling Boy, Fall of the House of West. Excellent work from Paul Pope and company. 25% off, $7.49. More Paul Pope, Batman Year 100 and Other Tales. 50% off, $14.99. You can get uh, the Damage Control Trade Paperback Collection, Dwayne McDuffie and company. 42% off, just $20.29. Man-Thing by Steve Gerber. The complete... uh, Trade paperback is 42% off, $23.19. Just some of the great deals that are waiting for you now at InStockTrades.com. If your orders are $50 or more, you receive free shipping. Check out all the information that is waiting for you. Great deals at great prices. InStockTrades.com. John Suntra saying thanks again for listening to Word Balloon. Thank you, League of Word Balloon listeners, for your continued support. And uh, thank you for listening. As I always tell you, the best way to help Word Balloon is let a friend know they should be listening to the show. They might enjoy the conversation we try to bring you every week. Stick around. Great more, uh, more great programming coming up in the month of October and beyond. I hope you'll join us for future episodes because really neat people are coming up, uh, first-timers and long-timers, to Word Balloon. So keep listening for uh, another show in just a few days. Thanks a lot. Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2015.